This is a presentation of Dawn Forge Productions. You're listening to Shattered Soulstone, episode 99. Cobalt is 3007. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download at bit.ly slash soulbooks2015. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPod or MP3 player. Today's podcast is also brought to you by Patreon. Support the Shattered Soulstone. With your support, you can help the show grow. Become a patron today. Patreon.com slash Soulstone. Strap in, folks. This is going to be fun. Nevik. Coming to you from a half-empty bottle of white wine. Lantonio. I found a nice little trifecta last night in uh, Hardcore that I'm hoping makes me loaded. Brazia. Oh, wait, wait a minute, what happened? Like, you lose five seconds of your life and you wake up. Chill. It gives you 38.2 yummies per second, with 13 to 38 yummies and 150 nom nom noms per second. Coming to you from Error Code 3007, your Battle.net connection has timed out. This is episode 99 of the Shattered Soulstone, your Diablo community podcast. It is Thursday, October 1st, and I am your host, Nevik. And I am joined by my compatriot, Brasia. How are you? I am doing great. Obviously not living in the same zip code as you are, or area code, but... Uh, More time zone. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is about the best I can offer. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to that. Exactly. exactly. But uh, but doing very well otherwise. Just busy as all can be. Yeah, you know this mi- this mythical thing called water fell from the sky today, a little bit. So, I I I think my yard's just gonna you know grow by three feet in the next hour because it's been so deprived of of the that mythical thing called water that mm. we have none of that evidently Mars has some and uh you know next thing next thing you know uh somebody like Trump is going to be like well you know what we need to do we need to build a pipeline from Mars to California <laughs> and somebody will want to stop that pipeline along the way yeah it's usual who was that who wanted to build some kind of pipeline? Who was that? Um, crap, was it? It was a famous actor, too. I can't think of, oh, can't th- can't think of his know. name. It was in the news, like, months ago. But uh, anyways. I'm sure. I just don't follow it enough. <laughs> <laughs> At this point, I'm like, I don't care. So maybe we should skip all of the off-topic, tangential stuff and get directly into the Diablo news, or I mean, not the Diablo news, but our gaming, yeah, <laughs> what we've been up to. For a, for a second there, I was like trying to force like an official, you know, show segment title onto it, but uh, yeah, it was a good what try. have you been up to? Oh man, uh, work, work, and work, <laughs> pretty much. It sounds like the story of my life, but no, it's just been, uh, like I thought I'd have some time this weekend, uh, it didn't quite happen. I mean, oh, well, I'll jump right into it. It's just, oh. Like, this weekend was the double bounty weekend, right? Yep. So I jumped on Friday night. I think I ran a couple, I ran a couple with Ian and Cyber. I was like, ah, uh, what am I going to do? You know, like, so I started doing it. I totally screwed up once, and I was like, whatever. 
you know, we jumped into a public game and we were doing mm -hmm. it just to grab a fourth person. And of course, you know, the guy was like, only 18? Well, WTF. And it's like, dude, shut up. You know what? You got 18. Go, go jump on a kite because you did like killed what one, one bounty while we killed everything else. I mean, he didn't even kill the bounty. He was like one thing. He was getting carried totally. Oh, it's awesome. just like, yeah, it's like, yeah, okay, go away, you little snake. So it was just like, whatever. So I learned a little bit about that. So now I understand much better about the whole hunting um, and farming mechanism where, you, you know, everybody just runs four different directions, four-player game, running it to Torment mm -hmm. 7. I had no problem killing things, uh, which, was, which was good. I mean, I felt really good about that. It's just some areas were a little slow going because I was just trying to make take my time with it. I obviously am not as geared out as the other guys. But uh, we went through, got a bunch of the bounties the first night. I was like, great, I'll have some time Saturday and Sunday and get some more. Nope, I ran one bounty on my own the rest of the weekend. <laughs> just oh. something came up every day all weekend. And I was like, you, mean, uh, you mean you didn't get 4,000 of the materials like some of the streamers out there did? Oh, yeah. Did. No, no, because I, I actually, you know, I have a family and things to do, and <laughs> oh, I can't. Oh, you, you mean Diablo isn't solely the only thing in your life? No, no, it's, I guess not. <laughs> I, I guess that makes me a dirty casual, huh? Uh, yeah. Oh, well, I'm only dirty because I haven't taken a shower since this morning. That's okay. Oh, well, you know, sometimes sometimes you, you need that layer of dirt. Exactly. Keeps me protected. It's, it's all going to wash off anyways because we're getting nothing but rain up here. Uh, we had, like, what was it, three or four inches of rainfall yesterday. Mm -hmm. and oh, then, my goodness. Yeah, and then this coming weekend, we're getting ready for um, Hurricane Joaquin. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I saw I saw the, the news reports on that. I was like, oh. Meanwhile, the East Coast has more water than they know what to do with. Exactly. So we'll see how that goes. I'm not too worried about it. One way or another, either I drive into work Monday or I don't. <laughs> I just look at it that way. I don't really care. I'm just not driving in a hurricane. Right. So, but I mean, other than that, you know, things with kids, things with wife, things with family, you know, all, the, all those kind of things. But in the game, so, you know, just really did that one bounty. Then I decided, you know, I tried to log on Monday. I did play a little bit on Monday. I was running around, mainly just starting to level up my gems. Because mm -hmm. I realized this whole time I've been running around, I've only been like had a level 25 reef oh. uh, of lightning but everything else is like level 2 <laughs> oh. so I'm like I've got nothing else going I had like Bane of the Powerful level 2 and then I forgot what even the other one was oh the Noxious um, uh, the Gem of Efficacious Toxin yeah, exactly and that was uh, you know, just a level 1 I was like so I'm like I'm going to start leveling up so I found uh, in our clan there was only like Reclaw had for single Witch Doctor Hardcore level, uh, sorry, Greater Rift 38 as kind of like the highest in the in the clan. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, well, I'm at, you know, Demon Hawk was at level 30 and like 12 minutes, not like 11 minutes or something like that. And I said, well, I could probably at least do that because I've, I've done this Torment 7 so many times. So mm -hmm. I went in, jumped in, did 31, did it with like eight minutes to spare no problem i was like yeah it took over a second and then uh jumped in i think 32 and i was like oh no problem i got that one done with like five minutes i'm like cool i'm like solidly in second log on today we have a another person in the clan and they're now in second and i'm like darn it <laughs> <laughs> like now i gotta shoot for that 
So it's, I'm just having fun, just trying to run through some of the greater riffs. I did pick up Jerem's Bracers finally. Yes, I was so happy. And it only rolled 81% to allow me to drop Wall of Death three times in two mm -hmm. seconds. And I was like, ah. Oh. So I decided instead to uh, go through Cubit. Yep. And now it's at 100%. I'm like, love cubes. So um, now I'm dropping it three times in a row. Damage increase 100%, plus the Helltooth set, another 900% to whatever else I'm casting after that for 15 seconds. I'm like, oh, yeah, now I'm just rolling through things. Problem is I was having a little trouble with mana, so I decided to drop my... Oh, I forget the name of the skill. But the one that allows my Gargantuan and Zombie Dogs to do an extra 50% damage. So I said, I'll drop that, and now I've got vision quest so when I'm casting my spiders on thing I end up having an extra 40% mana return and I'm using like the mana return spiders to begin with so now I'm not having trouble with mana which is good and I am just destroying things again so I've just kind of been playing around around the early 30s for greater if not quite pushing it yet and so I said okay you know once I level up my gems a little bit more I think I'm going to go back in and start trying to push I want to see if I can get to 40. Like, uh, that's my goal, see if I can hit 40 before the end of the season. Mm -hmm. um, I know it's not a huge goal. I know there's a lot of people out there doing 50, 60, 70s, but for me, I'm already way above where I've ever been, so I'm pretty happy with it. And I'm now, after, just before this game, I'm sorry, just before the podcast, I hit Paragon 256. All right. Uh, yeah, cruising along. I'm real happy about that. Well, that's good to hear. I, yeah. it, it's so it's so weird, you know. I've exceeded my goals, at least what I think I originally had set out. You know, completed mm -hmm. Greater Rift fifty and hit at least Paragon five or six hundred. I forget what I wanted to do, but uh, okay. So everything was going so well for mm -hmm. me. Everything was going so well. Uh, I had my hardcore Barb, and he was fantastic for the bounty weekend the bonus bounty weekend i um i was doing great with that although i only i didn't group up so i didn't split bounty farm or anything like that so i only ended up with you know just over 200 of each mat so that you know i, I was okay with that i'm pretty close to completing all everything in my cube of course uh you know I, I'm not going to go for 100% because that would mean, you know, picking up all the pukey stuff, and I don't really care to do that. Mm. But <laughs> um, after the bounty weekend, then I started using my barb to farm up Greater Rift keys because I started pushing with my monk. And everything was going super well. Okay. Now, now before that, my, my monk is still alive. So at, when, when, when I said everything was going so well, don't worry wasn't my monk that I lost. Um, so, yeah, so I started started climbing up the Greater Rifts, and I, like, I, at first I did a 49. Absolutely no problem. 50, no problem. 51. Oh, wait, no, that was, no, that was my barb. Never mind. But anyways, <laughs> I got mm. up to, uh, I cleared a Greater Rift 59. Like, I think originally I started at a 55, and then, like, I did a 56, then a 57, and a 58, and then a 59. And this was, you know, over the course of two days. 
And the reason why I was using my barb so much was because I, I would get into a rift and I'd be like, oh, oppressors and ghosts. Nope, mm. not doing that. And uh, la last episode, that, that was the monster type that I was trying to think of, those Balrog things that charge and breathe fire. Oh, yeah. The oppressors. So, yeah, I was like, nope, not doing that because that's, you know, that's that's just asking to be Gibbs. And, uh, and then... You know, sometimes I would just get terrible tile set. You know, like the uh, oh those those caves from Act Two, or the ice caves from Act Three. You know, mm, I don't like those either. The density is usually pretty terrible in them. I mean, sometimes they're you get to those bigger sections and they're just jam packed, and that's cool, right? But you have all those little windy sections, and you end up doing a circle. And it, you know, some, sometimes you think, okay, this path is probably going to be the one that's going to go to the next level or, you know, go to the next area. And then you, you do that and then you get about halfway and you're like, oh, I, sh I, I turned right at Albuquerque when I should have turned left or, you know, something like that. Yeah, so th that would happen. Or sometimes I would start off in a rift and it would have great density and then I'd get down to the next level and then it would just be terrible or terrible monster types. So I'd be like, oh, great, time to nope out of this one. So yeah, fishing mm -hmm. is a definite thing. I was uh, so I was farming to fish, essentially, <laughs> farming to go fishing with my <laughs> monk. But I did do a fifty-nine, and um, I, I I think I can pretty much say that definitely after fifty-five is when you start really needing to um, assess whether or not a rift is worth doing. <laughs> because uh, especially in hardcore, I mean in softcore it's it's kind of a different thing. I mean. Um, you can try to press your luck and not have any massive consequences. Um, but in hardcore, if you even get so much of an inkling, like this could go wrong real fast, you know, you get ghosts or you get a lot of the, um, oh crap. What, what are those, uh, those, um, corrupted angel things that jump at you from act five? I, I can't think of their name off the top of my head. But those guys, you know, you get a yep. bunch of those, and it's like, especially if they're fast or they're teleporting, you can't get away from them, right? Oh, yeah, not at all. I know exactly. So, there, there were a couple times where I was freaking out. I was like, oh, my goodness, I could die right now because I'd get walled in, and my dashing strike would be off a of cooldown, and oh, no, my epiphany's off a of cooldown. Oh, no, there's an orbiter coming right towards me. Ah! And then right at that second, I'm able to teleport out, and it's like, oh, thank goodness. So... You know, there were a couple close calls. I did proc, um, I did proc like three or four times trying to do, I think the 59 or maybe it was the 58. But um, from from last episode, I, I had crafted my pretty decent Hellfire amulet. And I was like, you know, I should probably reroll that critical hit damage or critical hit chance to cooldown reduction. And then I was like, wait, no, because um, there's, you know, diminishing returns. Uh, when, when you're stacking because um, it essentially 10% when I was at 55% cooldown reduction was only actually translating into another 3% something like that okay. so I was like I was like uh, no let's go with uh, cold damage right 20 20% right. more and then I started to use mythic rhythm and I started to use I started to understand how to use it to snapshot uh, your exploding palm so now 
I'm not an expert on this, so uh, you know I, I can direct you to Datmod or Quinn if you really want to know the intricacies of snapshotting your uh, exploding palm and how to best, you know, kind of keep your massive exploding palm going. Essentially, what it is is um, you want to get a big pack of monsters, and then you use you're using uh, Wave of the Hundred Fists, the assimilation rune, where every monster hit by your third hit of that generator will increase your damage it's like by five or one percent per five percent per monster hit so if you can manage to you know hit 10 15 you know that's that's drastically increasing your damage so then at that point if you're using mythic rhythm the third hit of your generator will increase the effectiveness of your next uh spender by 40 percent so you can kind of see where i'm going with this now of course, your third hit will automatically apply Exploding Palm, but the way that you can override it, and this is the only way you can override an Exploding Palm that is on a monster currently, is to manually apply it. So you would do your, your three hit combo, and then you would hit Exploding Palm on your bar, and that would apply your 40% enhanced. And then when you blow up that, that Exploding Palm, it will actually spread it to everybody else. So mm-hmm. that that's kind of how you you know what with once monsters start getting you know huge health pools it's like sometimes it takes a couple of cycles to you know get them down low enough to where then they all go poof but uh yeah if you can if you can master that technique of snapshotting your exploding palm oh my goodness it's glorious what you can do but more to the point i was completely failing at doing you know, enhancing my exploding palm on the guardian where it kind of counts, you know, just as much. Mm-hmm. So once I realized that I wasn't manually applying my exploding palm and then started doing that onto the guardian, oh my goodness, it made such a difference. That's that's how I was able to clear a 59. And um, I started fishing for a 60, like a good 60. And I think the best rift that I got, I, ha- I only had a minute left but I was only 90% done, so there's there's no way. But that was the closest that I got because I just kept getting terrible rifts, you know, terrible monster combinations, or you know, you know, sometimes some of the safe monsters they're not worth very much, and it sometimes some of the dangerous monsters are not worth very much either. So it's you know, they I know that they've made improvements to to you know the uh, the progress. Um, uh, what, what the progress uh, contribution of of different monster types, and they still have more work to do on that. But it's it is definitely a lot better. Mm-hmm. Uh, like previous, you would always want to fish for you know like your sand eater, you know your your big slow lumbering zombies, you know from yeah. Act Two, because they previous to all these adjustments, they were by, they were ridiculous how much contribution they can, you know they they would give you on on your progress bar. And now they're worth very little because they, you know, they're not very dangerous. They're very slow. They they typically come in big packs. So, but you still kind of want them because you know they're safe, especially for a monk. And oh my goodness, I was talking with Quad on on uh, Teamspeak, and I was like, I was like, man, how did you manage to you know to clear that sixty? And it's like, oh yeah, you know, no big deal. You just switch over to Convention of Elements and. You you you'll have the DPS. I was like, okay, 
but then I can't really take a hit because then I'm dropping my unity. So, uh, and that was the other thing. The other adjustment that I made was I did, um, I can't remember the name of the belt, but it was the new belt that was added for the monk where every hit of seven sided strike will reduce incoming damage by like, I think it's like between three to 3.5% per hit. Uh And so I also switched out my string of ears to that because it reduces all damage, not just, you know, physical damage. So I was like, okay, yeah, this makes sense, especially since uh, my monk has enough cooldown that I can keep that rolling pretty much 100% of the time when when I do have a good group going. So, okay. So everything was going well until yesterday. Oops. Yeah. Yesterday, yesterday, yesterday. The end of September, and I was talking with Bullvine and Ian today, and I was like, you know what? It was the end of the month. I wonder, because I started getting Error 3007s. I, I started, and you know, I haven't, I had not been getting these errors that were popping up, you know, near the beginning of the season when I first lost my first, uh, my second monk. When mm-hmm. I, I, I don't remember what the error code was, but I don't think it was an Error 3007. It might have been a 63 or whatever. Which I also got today in town, which was fun. <laughs> so before before I get to the bad news, so I started pushing with my barb. I don't know why I felt compelled, but I started doing it. And I think part of it was, um, you know, I was looking at the my friends list in terms of my friends leaderboard. Not not the you know the America's leaderboard, but my friend's leaderboard, which Leviathan is you know securely at the top right now at sixty gr sixty clear, which I'm wondering why he hasn't done higher than sixty yet, but um, hmm. I, I I saw you know I I at least wanted to get you know I started wanting to move and move up you know <laughs> at, at least right. get to the top of the shattered soulstone right at least with two classes so so I was like okay. I have an ancient, you know, gavel of the ancients or whatever it is, you know, the for the Hoda build, and I had six piece IK, had pretty decent focus and restraint. I was like, and I, I remember maybe two weeks back, I I tried the Hoda build, and I I couldn't get it to work just right for me. Well, I figured it out, and I don't remember exactly what clicked for me, but uh, I, I was able to get it to function as it's supposed to, you know? And, uh, I, I got the idea of, you know, of, you know, you, you constantly want to be hammering that way you can keep your tag stacks up. And then you also want to use your, uh, furious charge with the merciless char- uh, merciless assault rune on it. That way you can proc your, um, your strong arm bracers from that. And also, you know, position yourself on the, on the, on the battlefield because that is very important because you are not whirlwinding so you can't just move through things so you, I any if anybody is using the Hoda build without you know furious charge you're you're crazy <laughs> because oh. you do need to reposition yourself it's kind of like you know you need dashing strike as a monk because you yep. need to be able to get out of the bad stuff so and I dropped my phone and I can't reach it but that's okay um, so yeah so I started I start. I, I got it working, and I think I started low. I think I started at like a 45 just to see if I could make it work. And I got it, so I was like, all right, cool. So I did a 49, no problem. Did a 50, no problem. At this point, I still hadn't optimized my keys for it. Um, I think I was using Hammer of the Ancients on my right 
mouse click. So I was doing this awkward, you know, like hold shift and right click with my mouse, but I was also using the left click to move and it, it was just, it was a mess. It was a mess. So then I realized, oh wait, I should move Hammer the Ancients over to the left mouse button. Then all I have to do is hold down the left mouse button and hit shift when I need to hammer, you know? Makes sense. Mm -hmm. So I did that and everything was golden at that point. Did a 51, no problem. And then I was like, hmm, Ian and Bolvine, they've cleared a 53. Well, I, you know, I cleared a 51 with like eight minutes to spare. Sure, why not? Let's do a 54. Oh, pushing. Let, let, let's let's just you know let's not beat around the bush. I'm just I'm just gonna do a 54, right? Yep. So, I got a I jumped into a 54, and things were kind of scary, but it was going. You know, I was doing all right. I w I was uh, occasionally I would be like, oh boy, I need to get out of that really quick. <laughs> and uh, but you know, I was I was doing okay. I was making good progress, and. Um, and, you know, I was ahead of the timer, and I was like, all right, sweet. And then, poop, error 3007. I was like, no, oh, no, 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 no. Because, you know, I'm like in a 54. There's no way that my barb's going to survive this, right? Right. If, if I DC. So I, like, almost had a mini panic attack. My daughter ran in from her room. She was like, what, what, what happened? And I was like, I was like, oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. I, I, if, if my barb is dead, oh, oh, I'm not going to be happy. So I get out to the login screen, and I was able to log immediately back in. So it wasn't like my internet died or anything like that. And log back in. My barb's still there. I'm like, oh, okay. Whew, all right. Dodge a bullet. <sighs> I was like, okay. Let's hope that that was, you know, just a fluke. So I was like, all right, we're going to do this. We're going to do a 54. So I jump back in, doing really good. You know, I'm making really good time. Uh, I think I might have gotten maybe 30, 40% through the rift. And I was way ahead of time. And then, poof, error 3007. I was like, oh my goodness. And I think it happened right after I had done a furious charge. So I thought, okay, well, maybe maybe the game, you know, desynced and bugged out and errored. And I was like, okay. So... At this point, I, I was I was like on edge, but I was like, okay, well, my barb survived the last one. Okay, okay. So I get kicked out to the login screen, log back in. He's still there. I'm like, oh. I was like, okay, all right. All right, certainly it's not going to happen a third time, right? Oh, of course not. So I did, in hindsight, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. I should have mm -hmm. taken the first two as, uh, you know, warnings. You know, hey maybe you shouldn't be pushing right now because i remember like maybe a couple days before this i was having uh comcast was actually having uh, service interruptions so i was like all right well i'm definitely not going to play hardcore <laughs> so i started playing heroes at that point and um no i decided you know what i i'm i'm determined i'm gonna do a 54 today i'm going to get this done so i jumped back in and again, I'm doing great. I'm ahead of timer. I'm I'm just I'm demolishing stuff, right? Mm -hmm. And as I'm right in the middle of a hammer on an elite with arcane and electrified and probably desecrator, I don't remember exactly um, because I don't have a screenshot for this because you know when you DC, no screenshot can be generated. Yep. Error three thousand seven. I'm like, all right. Well, you know, past two times have been fine. So I was like, okay. And I was like, yeah, 
my barb wasn't saved the past two times, but he, you know, he lived through it. He came through it. So, log back in and rest in pancakes. And I was like, no. I was really pissed off. Yes. Um, we, I, I got that last night from what you were saying about, okay, we're not doing a show, damn it. Like, yeah. Okay. Yeah, we were originally going to record yesterday, but I was so incredibly pissed off. I did not want to do a show and just, you know, bitch at Blizzard because I, because, I mean, first and foremost, I mean, it probably wasn't Blizzard's fault. I mean, there, there does seem to be a coincidence, though. <laughs> but uh, so this started happening today and uh, like Blizzard, like I... I kind of bitched out on Twitter, but, you know, I, I tried to keep it as, well, not very professional, but, you know, I, I, I tried to keep it reined in a, at least a little bit. <laughs> yeah. And Blizzard CS responded in, like, you know, they, they, they linked me to a page, you know, like on, if you get an error 3007 or 63, you know, like, first of all, you know, ch- check these check these things, you know, like, are, are you using a Wi-Fi connection? Well, maybe you should use a wired or, you know, maybe you're... You have too many things going on, like your router, you know, it gets overloaded and craps out. And I was like, well, that's probably not the case because my router is capable of handling, you know, 300 megabits per second. So definitely not maxing that out. No. <laughs> and, um, and my net didn't drop. And, oh, and the funny thing, I was watching the Westmarch workshop last night because I was, you know, again, I didn't want to, I, I was so incredibly pissed off. I did not want to record our show. While in that state, <laughs> but I was watching their show. And... Oh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I, I I had to you know share some salt with them. I, but, I uh, understand. It, I was watching the show, and you know, I I, I didn't have it uh, maximized on my screen, and I could see uh, like I still had my BattleNet launcher on in the background, and you know, every couple minutes it would DC from the servers. And I was like, what is going on? So today. I got an error 3007. I was playing Barry though, so it wasn't a big deal. <laughs> and so I did a trace route, and uh, when it started timing out, was after was one hop after like I, like it gave me just an IP address, and after that hop what was when it started timing out. So I did an IP lookup on that IP address, and it is an AT&T backbone in Kansas, so I'm not sure if it's AT&T, AT&T's issue or maybe Comcast's connection to AT&T's backbone. You know, that th- this is the thing. And like Blizzard CS, you know, rightfully so, you know, they-, they want you to go down a checklist, you know, to see if it's, you know, actually your computer, your end, you know, everything before, before they try to diagnose something that might just be something wrong with your computer. Like maybe, you know, you have a ton of malware or, you know, somebody's torrenting all the porns on the internet and <laughs> and sucking up all your bandwidth. Or, yeah, that's, you know, that's the worst. But, uh, you know, none of that was was my problem. But then, again, it's like, it could be could be something, you know, Comcast, you know, connection to AT&T or AT&T to whatever Blizzard is using as their data center, you know, for where whatever servers that I was connecting to. So that's the problem. Is like there's so many different variables in this problem. It's hard to diagnose. So anyways, I mean, ultimately it came down to the fact that I pushed for a third time in a row 
in a 54 when I shouldn't have been. So, mm. so you know, the, the, the salt has died down. And, um, like, yesterday my wife was like, man, she was like, like she came home. She was like, what? what's wrong? And I was like, I was like, no, no, no. And she was like, no, 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 really? And she pulled me over. I was like, I lost my barb. And it's, you know, it's like that feeling of like, it's just a video game. <laughs> you know, I really shouldn't be super upset about this, but I am. <laughs> right. But, uh, so yeah. So anyways, that happened. I, I lost, I lost my barb. And I do have, some backup gear. At least I didn't lose my ancient bulk Hathos weapons for, and so you know I I can I can get the IK set back no problem. That that's not really an issue. It's just it's just like you know just like the last disconnect that I had. You know that salt. It's like I just I I just yeah I I don't want to risk losing another character in a hardcore and you know then just saying skirt I'm done with season four R.I.P. season four I'm out. So I've been playing Barry and uh, Hey Barry, and I into into clan chat. I typed, "Anybody mind if I mooch in some T7 riffs or something?" And uh, and then Smurf tossing was like, "Oh yeah, sure, no problem." And so he sh- shot me an invite, and um, I was only at Paragon 137, I think, softcore seasonal side, and then we realized, oh wait. You can't do higher than Paragon, or I mean Torment Six, <laughs> unless you have you know Paragon One Fifty or higher, and then right. you can't do higher than T Seven unless you're Two Hundred or higher. So I was like, uh, but anyways, we, you know we started, we quickly got me up over One Fifty. So then we started doing T Seven, and we were just running public games, and my barb did not die. I mean he was never really came close to death. I mean it was soft core, so it wouldn't even have mattered if that had happened but uh, i could not kill a thing (laughs) (laughs) it was like you know i i was like just i was my my whirlwinds were just like paper cuts to these monsters but i did get enough gear uh like barry was already kind of like torment six viable but in a multiplayer game uh you know at that point the monsters have you know what double the health essentially 75 per person so extra 220 yeah so you know well anyways i i didn't have the dps you know to over to compensate for the additional health of the monsters but i did get uh both bulk hothos weapons from cubing they didn't roll they didn't come out ancient though so i was like oh (laughs) so close and oh my goodness and then i came to the realization holy moly if i'm gonna play soft core I have a lot of work to do because I have barely have any, you know, any of the act materials. I don't have, you know, over 2,000 deaths breaths. It's like, uh, I, I don't even really, I, like, at the time, I think my highest level gem was 26. So I was like, oh my goodness, I have so much work to do. But I did, I did some work, <laughs> did a lot of work, actually. And I'm now face rolling T7, and I think I cleared a 42. Yeah, I cleared a 42 earlier. So, um, I did have enough of the Waste of the Wrath, or Wrath of the Waste set drop. And I tried doing that, but I don't quite have the right setup for it in order to have uh, Perma Wrath of the Berserker up. And I I did have an Obzod. I know that uh, Wyatt 
will enjoy me calling it an obzod. <laughs> or was it, or or Donvu if he if he listens. And um, but I couldn't I could not get Wrath of the Berserker off a of cooldown. You know before the before the duration would expire. So I was like, all right, I think I'm just gonna go back to six piece IK. You know because I do have perma Wrath of the Berserker up there. So that's um, that's what I've been doing. I finished well when, when my Barb died. I was hard. My Paragon level in hardcore was six thirty five. So I I've done some work. I'm almost at the point where. Let's see, I think I only need, what, 24 more levels in Hardcore to eclipse what my non-season has, which is 659. Oh, wow. I think that's what I'm at. That's crazy. Um, But it won't be too much longer before I eclipse my non-season Softcore. (laughs) Because uh, I'm... My Softcore, I went from 137 to 283 in one day. So, I I did some work. I'd say so. Just a oh, little bit. Yeah, I'm at 368 non-season softcore. So, yeah. Now I'll have that probably within another day if I continue to play softcore. Um, before, you know, all of, you know, like Leviathan and Nine Ball and Lieutenant Lunatic and all of them freak out. Don't worry. I, I will come back to hardcore. It's just I kind of want to see how... See when I can play hardcore, first of all. Because... Uh, I noticed that today, kind of around the same time as yesterday, was when I started getting the errors. So, maybe it's a time of day kind of thing, like traffic builds up in this data center, or maybe in the data center, um, in Blizzard's end, not, or AT&T's end, I don't know. But, uh, yeah. So, I, because I do not want to lose another character in Hardcore to a DC, because, yeah, that... I, I have never lost a hardcore character to DC until this season. I mean, I, I've lost, what, four or five characters? And it, it's almost always been my fault. So, right. no, it always has been my fault up until those DCs. So, that's where it feels terrible. You know, when, when you lose a hardcore character because, you know, you should have zigged when you zagged. You know, that's on yeah, you. When it's not your own fault, you can totally accept it. But yeah. when it's something that's completely out of your control, there's nothing you can do with it, yeah, that pisses you off. Yep. So, yeah, that's what I've been up to. My goodness. I Yeah, j- just a little bit of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> you made up for everything in this, this one. Yeah, I'm hoping, I'm hoping that by next episode I will be victorious with a greater if 60 clear. I'm hoping. I think you will. Keep going. I mean, I do have... 80 greater rift keys at this point so i can fish for a while you know and search for that uh oh holy crap well antonio will definitely not be joining us he's in chicago so oh well yeah that's a little ways away from his house yeah so um and jen uh i think she's quote unquote saving herself for uh next week episode 100 nice which yeah oh my goodness can you believe 100 we're gonna we're gonna hit triple digits and yep. I will laugh if it actually ends up being a triple digit day here in Sacramento next Friday. <laughs> Cause I think we're, I think we're actually slated to go through another heat wave next week. So. Oh my goodness. So, um, but I did want to mention, uh, we are going to actually stream episode 
100 on Twitch. Yay. It will be on my account on twitch.tv slash nevicjames. Because, I, I mean, I could set up Shattered Soulstone. Maybe I will. Pay attention to Twitter, but for sure... Well, maybe I shouldn't say for sure. But um, going forward, just expect it to be at, on my Twitch channel. Because, uh, yeah, it would, I already have everything set up for that. So, so yeah, um, it will be f- next Friday night, October 8th, I believe. Mm, no, okay. not 9th, 9th, October 9th. Yes. Friday? Yes, Friday, October okay. 9th at 6 p.m. Pacific. So that'd be 9 p.m. Uh, Eastern Coast, you know, the least coast. Um, and if you live in what? Europe, I'm sorry. It will be in the middle of the night. Saturday or middle of Saturday morning, early Saturday morning, like but, very uh, early. Yeah, super super early. But yeah, we're gonna be we're gonna be doing episode 100 live. We might even actually have a couple of people from the community on the show. I I'm just going to see who's actually going to be available, and or we might actually. You know what? I kind of joked with this. I will be extending uh, an invitation to Lieutenant Lunatic. That way he can come over to our show and feel feel comfortable, you know, with us lore nuts over here and actually talk lore for reals no over way. on our show. No way. Be- because uh, Nineball won't let him talk lore over there on the Westmarch Workshop. So, Actually, you know what? The clam chat over the, over the Westmarch Workshop won't, won't let Lunatic talk lore. And I, I, I don't understand why, but... Uh, yeah, um, maybe we'll ask him to do talk some lore for us, and then we'll find out why. Yep. So yes, next Friday, episode one hundred. Oh my goodness, it's going to be so much fun. Before we dive into the Twitter, we do have a sponsor. We are sponsored by Audible. You can go to bit.ly, and as we mentioned last week, we have a new link. It's bit.ly/soulbooks2015, which I noticed kind of um, or realized somewhat of the irony of us switching to Soulbooks 2015 and we're now in the last quarter of 2015 but you know better late than ever mm-hmm. and oh, by the way it's not something that I control <laughs> so <laughs> no so I can poke fun at it poke fun at it because you know well actually I guess it would make more sense if I poked fun of it at my what self-deprecating humor <laughs> right Anyways, <laughs> if you go to bit.ly slash soulbooks2015, you will get a free audiobook of your choosing. They have over 180,000 titles as somebody honks their horn. <sighs> my, I swear, my neighborhood. It's, it's not super noisy, but it's always noisy at the wrong times. But anyways, um, you will also get access to the digital versions of the New York Times and Wall Street Journal, as well as any other member offers that they run all the time. And if you do continue your membership past that 30 days you will get one credit every month which you can then use on again any of their 180,000 titles so go to bit.ly slash soulbooks 2015 today to get your free audiobook so brazia why don't you start us off as i open a window because it is sweltering in my room right now absolutely so first tweet is from at shano he said thanks at nevy james for power leveling my second seasonal hardcore demon hunter earlier this week. It's like I never lost the first one at Chattered Stone. Oh my goodness, I you know what? I I wrote that tweet down and I completely forgot that I had done that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it took no time at all. He he only needed me to get him up into I 
think it was like the mid 40s so something like that just just to catch back up with Jen that's perfect now he can uh, keep running around with Jen I love yep. it so next tweet is from at Karova ooh we start a series of tweets here starts with at Shatterstone oh episode 98 out and I forgot to send in my voicemail but oh. you'll get one for episode 100 well I, er, well <laughs> I don't know why Brazia your name popped into my head for some reason I'm thinking know. of you um, but Karova you, you do have a deadline of next Friday so there you go yep and he uh, followed it up with Almost Paragon 80, running Torment 3. Not a single ancient item found so far. Oh, Sad face. That sucks. I don't think I really started finding ancient items until I was doing like Torment 6 or 7. Like, I don't know why. It was just luck or whatever, but I didn't find any. And I'm looking through my stash, and I find like I've got about 12 different ones. And I can't use most of them because of my set items. Yeah. That's okay. The next tweet from Karova says, Glad to hear that at least Atlantonio is down at the greater rift levels where I am. Doesn't feel so lonely all of a sudden. <laughs> I know. Lantonio, he's really slacking, isn't he? Oh, he's got a lot of things going on. Be nice to him. Yeah. Yeah. But he is slacking. We all know that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, next tweet is from Karova again. He says, Next time I am in game, I need to talk to at Nevik James to get some advice. Feel I am underperforming. Yep, and uh, actually, I think his next tweet, he got all the advice that he already needed. Oh, awesome. So he's listening to episode 98, scrambling to make notes of at Nevik James' good advice. Thank you, sir. And then uh, next tweet from Karova says, Hope I got this. This will take ages. So... He sent over his notes yep. <laughs> and the picture. All, Pretty funny. All, all of the things that he needs to do. <laughs> Impending doom, flow of eternity, lion's Lines. claw, fist of... Azterosk and Gungdo gear. Gungdo gear. Gungdo gear. <laughs> um, then... <laughs> Kirova's next tweet. 13-piece set? What? Guess I shouldn't have played Monk this season. On a positive note, at least a stretch target. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on. Monk is always the right answer. It is, huh? So next tweet is from Leviathan. He says, at Shatterstone, Wow, so many shots fired at Crusaders last episode. Starting to feel like Nevik's Witch Doctors. <laughs> Remember, ranks are relative. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, wait shots fired i was like what what did i what did i say and and i in uh in game chat i was like what 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 exactly did i say because i i had forgotten leviathan was all like oh you know just the comment that all you have to do is roll out of bed to get get on the leaderboards and well <laughs> i i, I kind of <laughs> still stand by that fact because you still only need a greater of 40 to get onto the leaderboards for the crusaders but uh yeah, I, I guess you know, Crusaders. They're they they trying to get that greater of forty is not as easy as it as it is to get a greater of forty for a monk. So, you know, power is relative. And poor Crusaders, let's feel sorry for them. Well, Gorgonder follows up uh, 
Leviathan's tweet with, I had to start one just to get our beloved Crusaders rep out of the gutter. Yep. I, I don't I know so if my microphone's picking gutter. this up, but hey, you want some ice cream? As an ice cream van goes by. <laughs> ma, ma, stop the truck! Ice cream man's there! Oh, but I have to have the window open. It is so hot in here. I don't know. Oh, I don't blame you. So see, that's why. See, ice cream trucks have, like, packed up months ago around here because it's, like, getting towards winter already. Jeez. Like, today was 60 for a high. Oh, my God. It felt cold. Yeah, and it's actually not all that hot here. It's just the humidity right now is absurd. Mm-hmm. That was last week for us. Yeah. The next tweet from at Wolf. He says, at Shatterstone, a stripper named Sparkles. What a great start to an episode. I'm catching up on the shows. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you know, we love strippers named Sparkles. I haven't tracked down Sparkles. I don't think my wife would approve of that, so, you know. <laughs> no, no, well, she doesn't know. Well, uh, I'm not one for strip joints anyway, so. <laughs> oh, that's true. Okay. I can understand that. So the next uh, tweet is from Brizey, and he said, At Shatterstone. My crusader died, but on the bright side, I started a monk for the first time ever. And oh my goodness, monk amazing. Yes. <laughs> See, Bryzy has seen the light. He has. The next tweet is from Karova at Shatterstone. Three riffs in a row, and that didn't give me a greater riff key. What is wrong? Is the chance on Torment 3 so low? Yeah, it kind of is. You just That's kind of yeah. bad luck, though. I, I think it is. I mean, even on those torment levels, I'd say I go like maybe every other is the worst I get. So you must have just really had bad rolls that time. Uh, sorry, man. So next uh, tweet from CKR Tech, and he said, "Found this in my parents' attic, almost 20 years old, now at Shatterstone, and it uh, looks like the original box for the Diablo game." Yep, the original Diablo. That brings back memories. That, uh, oh, that brings back memories, especially like the, play, uh, what is it, um, compete, or play, I can't even read that, something free on the internet, over the internet. Oh yes, compete free over the internet. <laughs> and, uh, oh my goodness, hacking, being able to town kill, oh, the memories. Mm. Not that I know anybody who used to do that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, no, no. I'm sure you didn't uh, uh, know somebody. <laughs> no. There's no way that I did any hex editing to allow that to happen. Hack. Ah, <sighs> yep. All right. Next uh, tweet is from EY Edgar. He says, hi, I just wanted to say that Jen's lore segment is awesome. Suggestion, please put the segment sometime during the show. It is too good to be relegated to after everything else spot. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I could see that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess Sean, if, if you wanted to slip it in, you could. Um, I guess the natural break would be, probably between, I guess. Well, if anything, it should definitely come before the other games in entertainment because. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that that yeah. way Karova can you know get his dose of lore and then tune out for the rest of the show <laughs> <laughs> so the uh, next tweet is from ns drotch uh, yeah i it's like a string of letters 
but it's uh, a yeah. bullvine. It's bullvine. Oh, bullvine. Sorry. So. Hey, bullvine. Um, AMD released 15.9 beta video drivers that are supposed to help with the Act 2 crashes at Shatterstone, at Diablo 2 Net, and at Westbox Workshop. Yeah, and I retweeted that on our show account, and then I realized later on that I was like, oh, there was no link on that. Because, <laughs> you know, mm. Twitter limits in terms of characters. I was like, okay, well, um, then I grabbed the link, and then I tossed it on Twitter. But we will also include that link on our show notes. So in case you are one of those unfortunate folks that have been having issues with the Desolate Sands, there, there's also been a couple of other areas. Uh, actually, our next tweet from paid to kill 5440 said, Thanks for the if- info. It's mainly Act 2 in the docs for me. And I was like, docs? What is he talking about? And then I was like, well, maybe he's talking about Wortham? Or maybe it's the, um, not the docs, but... Um, crap, what is that area... The, the new tile set for rifts that we got back in patch 2.2. Ruins of Cetron? No, no, no. It was like the cesspools. There we go. That, oh, the cesspools. Yes. So, but oh. I don't know if that's what he's referring to either. Hmm. But uh, either way, there has um, AMD did release new beta video drivers, which does fix that crash. But uh, Blizzard, no, they they promptly also responded on the forums that uh, they've been hearing reports that um, the beta drivers do have possibly a memory leak in them. So to maybe be cautious about installing those drivers. So um, I'll also include a link to that actual specific form post. Uh, that way you can get the information and you know inform yourself on whether or not this is something that you want to do. Um, but uh, at least it should get the game running. <laughs> for you hopefully mm-hmm. oh thank you amd yeah it's so weird that it was just amd cards and it's also weird because i i do i have an amd based ati radeon and i haven't been experiencing any issues so i was like what is everybody talking about so yeah i don't know but, so uh you want the next tweet or yeah, I will. Okay. I, I will finish out the, all the rest. So oh, the next tweet, time. yeah, <laughs> the next tweet came from Kuroa, and he says, "At Shattered Stone, dang it, second day lousy internet in a hotel room. Don't dare touch my hardcore monk." Hashtag hiatus. Mm. Well, you know what, Kurova? you know Dead Mouse, you know he plays hardcore, and he played hardcore while on a plane, you know, flying in the air. So. <laughs> Go big or go home, right? <laughs> yeah. Mile High Dying Club? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that, that'd be a pretty exclusive club, I think. Yeah. Mile High Rip. Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess if you lived in Denver, yeah, that, that would oh, be yeah, very that would easy to join. Oh, that would happen all the time. Yeah. Uh, so our next tweet came to us from our very own Jen. And she says, at Shattered Stone, it's official. My doctor says I need more D3 in my life. <laughs> oh, what a clever play on words. It's uh she needs more vitamin D3. So <laughs> so she uh she very uh she she placed it on top of her Diablo mouse pad from Reaper of Souls. I love it. So very very clever. And then Cyberwolf responded and he says, "Now that is a smart doc." <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if it's a witch doc. <laughs> <laughs> they're smart enough to do things like that 
I guess. But you might want to be careful about drinking anything liquid from a puke doctor. Well, I was going to say, if it's green, probably avoid it. Uh, yeah, well, I guess I didn't stop the orcs, right? Drink. No, no, it didn't. Drink. I'm oh, sorry. I am thinking of Goldan. Huh. So, wrong Skull... game. <laughs> yes, wrong game. Skullbass1241 said, At Shattered Zone, season journey complete. Now to put season four on cruise control. Hope all is well with you and can't wait for the show. Uh, thanks, Skullbash. Well, don't Things be are a, well. Yeah, don't be a stranger. You know, come come check in with us. I think he was playing softcore, so you know, getting your season journey complete in softcore. You now that's it's cool. Yeah, that's that's it's like cool. it's a, like putting your pants on, right? Brushing your teeth, you know, picking your nose, easy stuff, right? <laughs> well, you know, for some people, it's just kind of difficult. Their fingers might be too big. Oh, this is true. You could have fat fingers and be exactly. like Homer in that one episode where he's trying to dial. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh, boy. So we got a tweet from a new tweeter, or at least someone who hasn't tweeted at us in a very long time, if ever, from Raxiel. And he says, at Shattered Stone, gambling for that darned Madstone is keeping me pushing rifts every day for more shards. 20k shards and counting. Yuck. Ooh. Yeah. Um, I guess if you're running with other monks, that's where you would probably want to use a Madstone. Because if you're using Gungdo gear, uh, I, I, can, can we please change the name of those bracers, please, to something easier? Just call them Nevit Camp pronounce this bracers something like that <laughs> not a chance but yeah if you're running with multiple monks uh unless you're using a mad stone you can't actually uh y your exploding palm will not spread <laughs> if the monster already has an exploding palm on it from a different monk so um the other option is you can use a different rune so mm -hmm. um the one that like for example when uh when I was doing those Ubers with um, Cypher, I decided, you know, kind of go support. So I, I was using the, uh, I can't remember the name of the rune, but it's like the one that increases all damage from all sources by 20% with Exploding Palm on that target. So, you know, you, you can do that. And, and then, then you'll see you'll see the blue palm from, from the Impending Doom, the Frost one, and then you'll also see the red. And they almost somewhat, sometimes, if you look just right, you know, you just squint... Or, you know, you put on, you drink, drink some beer, uh, you know, like maybe a 12-pack. You know, the, it'll look purple. <laughs> or three-dimensional. You know, you could wear 3D glasses, and then maybe the palm will come off the screen. Wouldn't that be cool? Because, you know, they're red, red, and, never mind. Anyways, bad joke. Anyways, so yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Yep. Yeah, so our last regular tweet came from, uh, came to us from Bullvine. And he said, I had to skip parts of the last two to three podcasts. Forced me to start catching up on Fear of the Walking Dead. Happy face at Shattered Stone. Oh boy, Bullvine, I hope you catch up because I have a lot to say about this episode five of Fear of the Walking oh, Dead. Oh boy, yeah, we'll have to, we'll save that for a little later. Yeah, this could be a three hour show with how much I have to say about episode five. Oh, I'm going to be looking forward to that. <laughs> So, yeah, um, we did get some late responses because they came in, like, the day of our recording from uh, episode 98, where uh, the question was, um, are you experiencing season fatigue? If you are, why? 
And if not, what's keeping you engaged? We got two res- late responses. One from uh, Matt Blaisdale, too, who's otherwise known as Xer in the clan. Mm-hmm. And he said, no fatigue. Thanks to playing with Cyberwolf Zero and Ian35 underscore Ian. That's Ian. Yep. Every night. And man, he he's ripped something fierce in hardcore. I think he's officially done with hardcore probably for the rest of eternity because he's ripped really? so many times. Uh, poor yeah. Xer. Yeah, poor Xer. And then we also got one from Jesse DMD. Now, I'm wondering if he's actually a medical doctor. Um, Could be. And he said, I had to take a slight Diablo break this week. Really helps to keep the fatigue away. I need to finish these journey goals. Hmm. I feel you on that. And I take a break from playing Diablo by playing softcore Diablo. (laughs) 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 That's kind of how it feels like right now. So just today I tossed out there and I'm going to have to do my best um, to catch up with all the tweets that have transpired between Nineball and Lieutenant Lunatic. But we will get there. The question of this show was, when do you expect the PTR for patch 2.4 to go live? And our first response came to us from Gorgonzer. And he said, yeah, I'd say end of October. Gives it a month to test. Looking forward to the melee demon hunter. Please be great. Mm. And uh, previous PTRs have usually been, you know, at least a month and a half. Um, Usually two months. So um, my prediction, and I'm sure, Brazer, you'll probably mirror this kind. I, I expected pretty soon here because um we we're kind i wouldn't say we have this four month expectation for the season length but kind of is going to be you know i think why it tossed out there that it should be right around the same length as season three which was just a little over four months so (laughs) with it going live in the middle of august you know that means middle of december is when we should see the end of this of season four possibly so that means you know, you backtrack. Oh, really? Two They've months. gone that far out. I, don't, I thought it was only maybe three months. It's possible that it could be three months. So, if in that case, it would be ending right around BlizzCon if they were to go three months. I, I think they're going to go four, though. I, okay. I just, I, I have that feeling. But then Walkman Eight, otherwise known as Reclaw, said, "When we least expect it, Sneaky Blizzard, <laughs> Sneaky Hobbits." And then Ro Wow, our good friend Ro, always Magda, said a week or two after BlizzCon is my guess. Ro, my goodness, really? That's a long really? way off, my friend. That is a long way off for the PTR. That's like six weeks from now. Oh, <sighs> yeah. Yeah, Nineball responded and he said, I'm thinking in the next few weeks for a three to four month season, BlizzCon is just too far away unless they push that four. And although I think he meant to say far. And then... Our good friend, Dread Scythe, you know, Dr. J, Dread Scythe, Grindy XP, fellow warrior of the Tar, said, within the next two weeks, can't have a PTR for 2.4 and a PTR up for a possible expansion at the same time. They mm-hmm. have a possible release of WoW slash WoW movie to beat by mid-year slash next oh, year. Oh, don't even start with that. I'm sorry. They, they don't care yeah, about that... having those together. Yeah, I, as we've seen in the past, although they, they they always say that, you know, 
the other teams do not affect their schedules, but mm-hmm. it it just it almost always falls in line. You know, they they kind of don't release all things at the same time. But oh, of course not. No. But they have had PTRs running for two different games. Mm-hmm. So you know that that's we we could very well see Legion plus Overwatch and maybe a Diablo three expansion again. I'm having low expectations going into this BlizzCon. I'm expecting nothing other than, you know, Season 5, 2.4, and the future of Diablo 3, short of an expansion <laughs> information coming out of BlizzCon from Team 3. But uh, yeah. we'll see. I mean, no, I mean, I agree. I mean, I'm looking at what GrindEXP is saying, like Dread saying. He's, I, I can't see them... If they were going to release, say, uh, Diablo expansion and WoW at the same time, no, they wouldn't do that. No. But they would theoretically release WoW and then, you know, another patch at about the same time. Yes. It's not going to make that big of a difference. They've done that recently. Mm-hmm. You know, they they threw out um, the whole new expansion there for Hearthstone the same time they threw 2.3. You know, it just, it really didn't, doesn't matter. I don't think it does to them. Yeah. Yeah, so then Roe responded, and he said the season only started five weeks ago, though. I figure they'll talk about Season 5 and expansion at BlizzCon. And yeah, they, they'll definitely be talking about Season 5, but I think the PTR will be out by then. And then uh, Jane's Place responded, Oh, the hope. The hope is strong. I'm with you, man. The hope is strong. Yeah. And Dread responded again, and he said, Wouldn't wouldn't be the best thing to split time on a seasons patch and expansion also testing on two PTRs it's like yeah 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 yeah. that's no and then I responded I was like come on dread (laughs) I was like come on I I'm gonna step in here even though I have a show I'm gonna step in on Twitter and say this right now and I said even if there were an expansion announcement that would see a PTR slash beta for it until at least quarter one quarter two of 2016 yeah so yeah I, I mean, it's not like they're going to be like, oh, hey, we have this amazing expansion coming for Diablo and PTR beta is starting right now. It's like crowd just erupts, you know, you know, Anaheim Convention Center, the roof blows off and everything. But yeah, that's not going to happen. <laughs> no, no. And then, uh, well, I don't know if I if we really need to include all of these. Oh, but okay. Nineball said, I'm sure season five won't be out before BlizzCon, but I expect the PTR to start before BlizzCon. And Lieutenant mm-hmm. Lunatic says, isn't that assuming 2.4 coincides with season five? We're, we've never gone from one major patch to another like that. And then Nineball responded, <laughs> it was like, um, the last two seasons? And then, <laughs> and then Lieutenant Lunatic was all like, I mean, from 2.1 to 2.2 or 2.2 to 2.3, there's always at least one other in there. And he's talking about the minor patches, you know, like 2.1.2 or 2.2.1. Yep. And then Nineball said, yeah, but 2.2.1 was a bug fix patch and didn't have a season. And then he also said 2.2 and 2.3 were back-to-back coinciding with season launches. And Lieutenant Lutex says, ah, oh, you're right. Just didn't seem like it because it was a four-month season. And mixed in, all of that was a response from Replay 1910. And he said, don't see any point to a seasonal reset before 2016 hit. PTR probably after BlizzCon. Oh, really? Really? I don't know about that. I mean, 
we've had 2.4 teased. You know, we've had little bits of teases. You know, Wyatt was talking about something about, you know, if you're not a fan of six-piece sets, you know, maybe there's something exciting coming. And then they're going to do something with gold sink of some sort. So, you know, we, we've had little teases. So yep. I, I, I really think we're going to see it sooner than later. And Yeah, but I honestly, even if we do see it sooner... I'm not positive we'll actually see the patch drop before the end of the year. You, yes, you're right. You are absolutely right on that. I mean, I, I could see as you know that they, they dropping it soon. Okay, let's say the next few weeks, the patch could go two weeks, two and a half weeks, and then say okay, right around after the first of the year, drop it to beginning of January. Yeah, I think the only way that it would work would be if they were to end season four and then deploy 2.4 near like but then then that's like thanksgiving week Mm -hmm. so yeah it's like either they do it the very first week of december which they could do i mean it is it is feasible that they could do it then which means we would probably see you know uh the ptr go up really soon because i mean it's october now and, and they might even be very, very close with a lot of the en- um, enhancements and features they want for 2.4. They mm-hmm. just need a testing ground to make sure it's working right. Yeah, and there's no, re- there's no reason that we should expect that the PTR would actually last two months or longer like the last couple of PTRs have gone. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it, it could very well be, you know, a quick in and out uh, uh, with the PTR. You know, it could just be, you know, a three, four-week PTR, so... You know, there, there's lots of different possibilities. This is all, you know, e- everything that we're, we're saying, you know, it's just kind of like based on, you know, the past and our educated guests and, you know, our own feelings and expectations, you know, uh, I mean, we obviously, it, it's all speculation. So, you know, don't take anything we say as factual information. So, oh, no, it's all factual information. Oh, well, you okay. must believe what we're saying. Well, we do. We um, <laughs> I don't know if I want to admit this on the podcast, but, you know, we do have an inside uh, troll. We do? Oh, where? Who? Oh, oh sorry. Never mind. <laughs> oh, wait. we were, I wasn't supposed to mention that. <laughs> oh, darn it. Oh. Great. Trolls cutting us off. Yep. So, Thanks, Nevik. <laughs> yeah. So before <laughs> we move into our emails, I did want to talk about our Patreon campaign. We are running a campaign where you can help support the show. You can become a patron by donating any amount large or small by going to patreon.com slash soulstone and making a monthly pledge each and every pledge is greatly appreciated and thank you and um we don't have any emails <laughs> so this what? is the first <laughs> unless we just got one let me just double check all right there uh, you go. no we did not get an email this is this is one of those rare Blood supermoons. Did you catch that, by the way, Braja? Or was it too cloudy? Um, it wasn't too cloudy. I actually didn't see the blood. <laughs> <laughs> I when I woke up, it was really. I think I was just sick or something. Wasn't feeling good, so I missed the whole thing. But I woke up the next morning. I'm like, geez, that thing's huge. And it's just a moon's like sitting right outside of our window. Yeah. And I was like, oh wow, it's a spotlight. <laughs> <laughs> it's like from Bruce Almighty when he pulls in the moon. Right. Yeah. Uh, that's actually pretty much it. Spot on. <laughs> it's like, wow, the moon is so big. Meanwhile, you know, f- 
flooding and all all over the place. You know, fish are freaking out and everything. But uh, <laughs> so yeah, you can send your emails. Uh, we are having you know kind of a milestone episode next week, um, so you may want to s- get on that and send them to show at shatteredsoulstone.com. I'm expecting a deluge of emails and audios. Did that mean a lot? By a deluge, I mean at least three. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Because, you know, Kurova's kind of committed to doing one, and I'm sure Funktropus is, Professor Funktropus is probably kicking himself that he didn't get something in for this show. But, you know, he's busy. He's a professor. He's a professor of funk. So, you know, he's busy. So, uh, we did mention that uh, Double Bounty Bag Weekend was last weekend, and I wish they would do more things like this, you know, just, you know, little one-off events um, more frequently. It, it is yeah. fun. It is a lot of fun. And um, it does kind of su- sometimes suck. You know, um, there are those who work on the weekends, so they kind of get shafted a little bit. But, you know, the majority, the, uh, the vast majority of players are not, are not, you know, they don't work on weekends. So, um, or they, you know, they don't have kids and, you know, don't have all kinds of life responsibilities that don't allow them to actually t- partake in these events but uh it was it was a lot of fun it was mm-hmm. oh i mean i i did it all solo and i went from i more or less balanced out my my uh my materials and then i ruined it all by crafting all kinds of stuff because i was just filling out all my transmog as well for season four i don't know why i just felt like doing it and uh but that was it um there's really only have a couple things to talk about in terms of community links uh you, you re- remember a long time ago we, we talked about the necromancer and how yeah. somebody did a mock-up of like the ui and like a potential you know class set and everything well uh diablo fan user nightcrest 87 i think that's his uh, well nightcrest whatever um he went through and did a complete mock-up of the skills, including runes and a potential like class set uh, that you know, and how it interact with those skills. I, you know, I'm not a fan of the necromancer, so I, I just kind of went, oh, that's cool. <laughs> mm-hmm. Kind of looked at it, you know, kind of like, oh, <laughs> hey, it's the original puke doctor, yay, yeah. <laughs> but um, it, I, I. There's a lot of Necromancer fans. I mean, a lot of Necromancer fans. And um, the one thing that I did catch was, um, and I did want to point out that this this is not an argument that can really be made. Um, he talking about like the primary stat, and I think the primary stat that uh, he came up with was a uh, spirit, right? No, wisdom, wisdom. That's the, came up with a new main stat for the necromancer and it was like well you know we don't want to do you know you don't want to make it intelligent based because then then you know then blizzard will have to balance it out by adding another strength class and then another dexterity class and it's like no <laughs> they don't have to balance it out you know for chocolate diablo you know there was only one strength based class so mm-hmm. so you know we we don't have to have that balance of means that so uh Although, you know, I, I still like the idea of, you know, uh, Druid or some kind of Druid derivative coming in and using main stat vitality. That would be interesting. That would be cool. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm starting to get onto board with that one. I like that idea. Yeah. 
Um, and then uh, I, I mentioned uh, exploding palm snapshotting. Well, there is another form of snapshotting that's being used by you know the elite out there. Um, this is involving the Bane of the Stricken, the new seasonal gem, which increases your damage per... Well, it has an internal cooldown, and this is where the snapshotting comes in. Uh, the idea is you want to snapshot your Bane of the Stricken internal cooldown when you have the highest attacks per second. Reason being is that lowers your internal cooldown on how often Bane of the Stricken can proc itself, therefore meaning the faster that the bonus damage stacks up. So there's a couple ways that it snapshots when you die, or uh, yeah, when you die, uh, when you change floors, and for whatever reason, when you use a potion, <laughs> it snapshots that internal cooldown. So nice. uh, this is being used with uh, like monks and uh, barbarians, you know, um, like trying to increase their attacks per second. Like when it's at its maximum is when they'll snapshot Bane of the Stricken. So, okay. Yeah. And so essentially, you know, it's just another mechanic that's kind of clunky because there is no direct feedback on it, of course. Because you don't even see uh, Bane of the Stricken stacking up on monsters, right? You you only mm -hmm. notice because incrementally your attacks get bigger and, you know, I mean, it's most evident on, uh, you know, like a guardian because, you know, at first, you know, their health will just be like bleep, 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 bleep. And then like, you know, you start getting down halfway and it's more like a small chunk, small chunk, small chunk. And then you get down near to the end and then it's like, you know, medium sized chunks, you know, that are coming off with every attack. So, oh, yeah, I, I imagine this will be something that will be um, addressed maybe in a hot fix. I don't know, but I think they kind of have to leave it in for season four because it's being used at the, you know, the upper echelon of terms of the leaderboard. So if they were to hot fix this, that would cut the legs out of anybody being able to try to, you know, achieve those high, those high GRs that are of these folks that are, you know, manipulating the internal cooldown of Bane and Stricken by snapshotting it. So we will see. You know, it's just another thing. It's kind of minor, but kind of big at the same time. So, anyways, that's my two cents on it. Brazier, do you have any opinion? Not really. I'm good with it. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, it doesn't really affect me. So. Yeah, no, no. It doesn't really affect me. Uh, it's too much thinking. Uh, I think I'm good with that. Yeah, I mean... As much as I'm, you know, pushing, it's like this is really only a thing, you know, when you're trying to, when you're trying to eke out seconds, <laughs> when yep. you're trying to eke out seconds at, at the upper limits of the, of the leaderboards. So it's not as much of a thing in the lower levels because that's just, you know, technique and luck. Luck plays a huge, well, and time, I guess, because you're fishing. You're fishing for the right rift. You're fishing for the right monsters, the right density on the right tile set. And the right pylons. Can't forget that. Can't forget mm -hmm. that. So, as I mentioned, I have a lot to talk about with Fear of the Walking Dead. So, oh yes, here we go. <sighs> well, is this like is this part of the whole saltiness of the week, or is this going to be like something I, else? No, because you know this happened before the salt started. So, okay. They, they went and took my favorite character and made him do something that made absolutely zero sense. 
although I was listening to this other podcast and uh, there there was a like a frame of mind that that you could put it in where it would make sense for Daniel Salazar to all of a sudden go and say, "I'm going to torture this man." You know, I in this room there was a there was a chair and a man and a and a desk. <laughs> it's like, and, or no, no, and a knife. Now the question is, are you the man in the chair? Or are you the man with the knife? It's like, come on. And he tortures this guy. I mean, like, mm-hmm. what the hell? And it was like, what is he going to do with this information? I mean, we're, we're talking about going up against, uh, you know, the, they're, uh, for all intents and purposes, they're, na- they're the National Guard, right? They're they're not right. like, they're not the elite forces of our, of our military, but by that same token, they have weapons. You know, they of course they do. They have lots of weapons, and it's like unless you have a mob, a complete mob of people, or for some reason, you know, a bunch of walkers, and they don't know how to cover cover each other's flanks or whatever, they get overrun in the library. But um, <laughs> you know, uh, it was like, what what was he going to do with this information? I mean, seriously. What? How? How is he going to go into an, uh, you know, probably somewhere that's guarded because you know it's off-site, and they have to guard this from walkers, right? So they have military, you know, personnel patrolling and and protecting where his wife is. So it's like, what was he going to do? You know, <laughs> it's like I don't care how badass or how much of of a, you know. Uh, masochist Daniel ended up turning out to be. I mean, I guess it kind of makes sense, you know, with his backstory, but still, it's like, what was he going to do with this information? It was like, oh. And then, like, Madison, she was like, (laughs) it's like, Daniel comes out with his bowl of blood, like, after Ophelia runs out screaming from the house. And and she's like, well, did did we get the information that we needed? (laughs) It's like, oh my goodness. It's like now you're complicit in this torture of this man. And and then Travis comes in and he's all like what the hell's going on here? And it was like wait wait no 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 you have to hear what he what uh, he you have to hear about Cobalt. And it was like wait what's Cobalt? And then it's like all of a sudden it's like after this all all this information he's like oh okay all right well all right. <laughs> it's like it's like you what it's like what about this man who's probably going to die, you know? Oh, anyways, and then Daniel going to the arena. What? What? What is, what is he going to? Why did he even go there? I mean, did he really want to find out if this guy, you know, chained the doors of, you know, of two thousand walkers or whatever it was that was in there? Oh, and okay, so I guess I guess I'm getting through all of all of this because Bridge is not, you know, responding. <laughs> oh no, no, this is nothing new that I haven't heard from like. Most like a couple of the podcasts I've listened to, and I think Fear the Walking Dead is having a problem, not with the writing and the story; it's putting it together. Mm-hmm. They have a micro and macro story problem. Yes, where they are like it appears to people on the macro level they are missing huge pieces of the story, but you got to understand Fear the Walking Dead is a Walking Dead story. Walking Dead deals with individual micro mm-hmm. this is true know, source of story that is why you know there, there was one show i was listening to they're mad because they skipped nine days between events in the last couple episodes 
Well, yeah, I, I didn't mind that at all. That no, yeah. but think about this. Like they were complaining, oh well, we should have known, like heard all these things that are going on. Well, realistically, these people are sitting in a very tight community. Sure, th- I think they could have done better job of transitioning it. Like when Chris is sitting on the house doing his little story thing. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think they're. They leave right now. The problem with the bridging of the story is that they leave too much the imagination of the viewers, and right now the viewers are everywhere. Right. Like they pick the one or two things they're thinking and saying, "Oh, that's the way to run with the story." There is an awful lot of hidden symbolism in what they're doing and what they're not saying. Like Daniel going to the Colosseum is because, look, he knows from his past you can torture people. People will lie to stop being tortured. He mm-hmm. needs to corroborate the story. So that's why he went and snuck out to figure out what's going on. Is this really what's happening? So if he can believe a story like that where this guy is basically saying something that he knows he feels guilty about doing, say because he knew he couldn't save the people they were turning so fast, you know, then that might mean the rest of the story about what Cobalt is might be true. Yeah. It's, so he had I, to do I that. I can see that, yes. And uh, and what? at this moment, at the same time, he sees military moving out. He understands, okay, now that he's been talking about uh, what this kid's talking about, Cobalt, he's playing mind games with him. That's part of the torture tactics. Like, I understand some people are really uncomfortable with the idea of torture. I think Daniel Salazar's character is probably the best written of all of them right now. Because even the little conversations, you can tell that he's struggling. He didn't want to do this, but he felt he had to because he feels he's backed in a corner. He mm-hmm. said how his, you know, he told his daughter all the stories when they were nine. I'm sorry, when she, she was nine and they were back, in, you know, in the United States about what happened, all the violence, the torture, those kind of things that happened when he was El Salvador. But he never said what side he was on with that. Mm-hmm. Now, that's probably part of the horror. Is she realizes. She's not madly, don't even think for a second, she was madly in love with this guy. No. At all. She, she, she enjoyed him. him. She was trying to use him to get medicine for her mother. Mm-hmm. You know, and it didn't quite work out as well because this guy really isn't all that, you know, powerful in the whole deal of the National Guard. So, yeah, you're right. Daniel Salazar taking this National Guardsman, probably going to get himself in trouble. But you know what? He didn't think he had any choice. His wife was forcibly stolen out of the house, mm-hmm. along with kid Nick. Nobody else he can see is going to be strong enough to do anything right. against him the military. So his option was, okay, I've got one that was basically brought to me. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take this guy, and I'm going to do what I know best, what my past experience says I need to do in order to gain some control in a situation. Yeah, Which, and- yeah. Yeah, he definitely took control there. <laughs> like, exactly. So what was he going to do? No, he probably wasn't going to run in there and go guns blazing no. and kill everybody, you know, pull like a governor or something like that. No. He wanted to find out, like he said, he wanted to know how many people that are there in his group, in the, uh, the military in the area. What's their goal? What are they trying to do? Where did exactly did they take? Because right now they don't know where they took the people. Mm-hmm. They know they're not being told the truth. So he got information he wanted, whether it was the right way or wrong way, you never know. And it's like, well, what's the purpose of him finding all about Cobalt? Well, now he knows by 9 o'clock the next morning, Cobalt's going to be initiated, or at least it's going to hit where it's 
the starting point or whatever it's supposed to be. Nobody knew that beforehand. Nobody right. had the clue. Otherwise, they all would have been sitting in those houses. Whatever Cobalt ends up being, they will all either be killed or left behind or whatever this is going to be done. Nobody had a clue what this was. Now people know because of what he did. Of course, the reactions of other people, you know, it deals different ways. I still think there's just too much choppiness. I think they needed more than six episodes mm -hmm. to really flesh it out. And I think yeah. part of the problem is people are like, they're at this point where, oh, I didn't see enough zombies or I didn't have enough, you know. Um, yeah, we're, we're having to make too many, you know, leaps of, of faith or, you know, uh, you know, jumping, you know, essentially, you know, just surrendering all disbelief in terms of, um, you know, you, you can't really use realism <laughs> in terms no. of a zombie apocalypse. But still, it was like you had to make a couple leaps, you know, to all of a sudden it's like, okay, well, all right. So let, let's frame it as Daniel, you know, he, he knew he didn't have a good endgame with, with, you know, torturing this guy, but he did it anyways because, one, he wanted information, and two, he mm -hmm. wanted to lash out, you know, at the people who took his wife. So he figured, you know, he's got one right here, he might as well do what he knows best and get what he can out of him. And mm -hmm. it was like, okay, all right, that's cool. And then actually going back a couple of points where, um, you know, the podcast which i haven't listened to complaining about the you know the missing nine days it's like well, what if they did take season one they made it 12 episodes and then it then it dragged you know because mm -hmm. then you know we would we would have we would have plenty of breathing room you know to flesh out those those missing days and then people would be complaining about the story moving too slow you know? exactly well, I mean, people are doing that right now because there's not enough zombies popping up and stuff right. like that. Well, this is also the very beginning of everything going on. Let's say go back to the nine days. These people would have been sitting there with nothing. It would have been a story about nothing. Yep. It, yeah. So skip over those nine days because I was going to say, it's a different story. Let's say the guy who got tortured, he was part of the story. Then the whole micro story for him would have been, okay, what are they doing out in the streets? He's not directly involved. He's nope. not one of the family members supposed to be the story revolving around. So you are not going to see them fighting the people on the streets who didn't want to leave their home. Not seeing them clearing out buildings of uh, zombies and stuff like that. As far as these people knew, they were safe in this community. They, they knew the military was too busy during the day. Like there was another thing where the podcast was saying, well, why didn't the military just spend the day, you know, you know, time during the day to help train these people on how to fight zombies and stuff like that that's not their job no. their job was to clear the area was to um await further orders <laughs> exactly await further orders um contain the disease or whatever is going on that's why they would find people who are sick or um who could possibly be problems in the community and get rid of them it wasn't because they knew if they got rid of ones that were strongest or would cause the most problems everyone else would be quiet Mm -hmm. And that's simply what it was. Yeah. Yeah. And which brings me to the one highlight of the show. Oh my goodness. The character by the name of Strand. What an, what a weird name to begin with. But my God, that guy is, he's, he's compelling and weird at the same time. It's like, what is his deal? You know, it's like he who's what did he originally trade uh and then he traded cufflinks and like to keep you know nick you know to mm -hmm. keep nick in 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 his holding cell because essentially 
where they were taking all these problem people was to holding pens, you know, essentially. Yep. Set up in a, I think it was, what, a high school or a college, community college or something. Yeah, like, community so, college. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's like, yeah, they're just detaining these people and it's like well i mean i guess it makes sense but at the same time it kind of sucks but his writing for strand so good it's Mm. like sometimes um like one of the podcasts that that i've been listening to is like uh that they get hung up on chris because they think that the way that most writers portray you know angsty young teenagers is terrible and i kind of agree but at the same time Angsty teenagers do angsty, stupid things like that, so it's okay. Yes, they do. So, but, uh, you know, it's like, at one end, you know, you have Chris, you know, who's quite possibly one of the worst written characters in in the series. But that's fine, you know, because not Mm -hmm. everybody can be stellar characters. And then you have Strand and Daniel, who have, like, they have, like, the writers who are writing their lines, they are incredible. Mm Mm-hmm. Although Daniel is kind of wordy. <laughs> that whole story about, the, you know, the man in the room with the knife. Well, that was part of the whole deal was to kind of... Two things, I think, was coming Mind, out of that. You know, playing games with... Uh, with yeah, well, one is to play games with him mentally yeah. to get the guy off balance. The second thing was he's trying to justify having to do something he hasn't had to do in, say, 20 years. It, it was like he was mentally psyching himself right. up to do it, it. Exactly. He didn't. He and he was still trying to justify it, even when he was upstairs in the kitchen, mm-hmm. trying to tell that story to Madison. Yeah. And Madison, you can tell she has had some rough times in her life. Mm-hmm. To me, this is like people are like, oh, she's just throwing away her morals and all of these things. I don't think so. I think that she is not much different than Nick, only she has overcome it. I wouldn't be surprised to find out if. You know, at some point in her life, she was an addict too. Mm-hmm. Maybe not a heroin addict, but an addict. And she came, you know, was able to fight through that. She's now doing what she does in life. You know, she could have even been an alcoholic. You know, we would we don't right. know yet. We don't know enough of her background. But she's somebody that, to me, seems like she's had hard times. She understands, and she's willing to say, "Okay, you know what? I'm kind of going to bend the rules because I need to know what's happening to my kid." And this guy is just some military guy who is part of the group of the people that took my kid. I don't really care about them that much. Yeah. Yeah. You know, well, Travis is completely different, but I think there was a reason why we needed to see Travis go on the road with uh, Moyers and the the other soldiers to be faced down the barrel of a gun looking at a zombie and realize he still couldn't pull the trigger yet because he still thinks of them as people. Mm-hmm. And then to go into a situation where Moyers gets killed and did you know it's a small battle scene you we weren't going to follow these people because the story is not about the military people it's about nope. travis and those family so travis is sitting in the truck listening to the gunfire listening to people yell and scream everyone's like well the military would be able to take care of all these things no i'm sorry this is this may be military but this is also national guard um all forms of military they're designed to fight and kill living beings Mm-hmm. You know, that is their purpose or to help, you know, people who are alive, you know, those kind of things. They're not designed to say, oh, wait, we're fighting. We shot somebody. They're dead. They get back up. What are we, what are we doing? I mean, some of them are realizing you shoot in the head and you get them killed. But others may not have heard all of these things or they panic. Mm-hmm. I mean, you see you see five or six zombies coming down at a, 
uh, down the hallway, sure, you have your gun in front of you, you're going to take a shot, but yeah. you might miss one or two, or you know, you graze the side of their head and they don't die because yeah. you actually didn't hit the... Im- then you start to think they're invincible and you start panicking. Yeah, and also, it, it's like I started thinking about you know the the internals of, of a library. Now, one, maybe those bookshelves fell over, or two, mm-hmm. you know... You don't really have great line sights in a lot of libraries, so, you know. Yep. It, it's com- it's completely possible that they did get overrun because there were zombies where they didn't think that there were. And, mm-hmm. you know, they, they could probably reach through the bookshelf and grab somebody. And then that person panics, maybe fires off, discharges his weapon, which causes everybody else to panic. And, yeah, it's like, it's not too hard to, you know, you know make that leap. It's mm-hmm. like, I, I can understand that, especially since they are National Guard. And as Moyers, you know, quite distinctly, you know, uh, you know, um, what, what's the word? Uh, just very bluntly st- stated, you know, like, these are kids, you know, you, you got to keep them busy. Yeah. So, you know, it's like they they have been on patrol for hours upon hours every day because mm-hmm. he doesn't want them to start thinking about what they're doing. <laughs> Well, and then also the sergeant at the beginning of the show was came in, coming up to him and saying, hey, wait a minute, my guys have been up for 50 straight hours. Yeah. So at this point, they're, you know, if they're not already on some sort of drug to keep them awake, they're hallucinating. They're they're half out of it. Yeah. You know, or they're running on a, on a, a total high, and then those two that were left that were in the car were like, forget this, we're driving home, we're going to see our family, or whatever, we're, we're out of here. We'll yeah. drop you off, you walk home. Yeah. And, you know, so at that point, Travis needed that journey to get to the point where, like, the first, his first reaction was go in there and get this guy out of there. What are you doing, Daniel? You know, this is sick, disgusting, it's wrong. And then, you know, as they're saying, you've got to say talk about Cobalt. So the guys start talking about Cobalt, what's going on. And that's when after, Dan, after um, sorry, Travis has gone through the whole experience, he realizes, you know, as much trouble as he's gotten from Moyers and stuff during this whole thing, it's because the military isn't there for them. Yep. He's finally understanding that it was not in any purpose that they were going to get saved. It They just happened to be in the right place at the right time when the military moved in. Right, exactly. And so now he's starting to think, okay, you know, he's not there. He's certainly not going to say next week, pick up a gun and start shooting. And if he does, that's totally to me out of character. Yeah, but no, that struggle, you know, when when mm-hmm. he, when he was looking down the sights and just he, you could tell, and the actor, the actor that plays Travis, he's a good mm-hmm. actor. Um, he is. Uh, like, uh, if you've ever seen Sunshine, he's in that. Oh my goodness, he's so good in that movie too. But it's like you you could see the internal conflict on his face as as he was like trying to get comfortable next to the next to the gun and he couldn't and it was Mm -hmm. yeah it's like yeah yeah i still think that you know there's just a lot of holes in there in the storytelling which doesn't make it easier for somebody to follow and say okay i understand where they're making these jumps like you have to really infer that like for me i watch the show twice a week you know two times every week like Ah, at the original pick up things that you don't exactly and i watch it a second time with with uh p dog on monday so he only sees it once a week but it's like we're watching it, and then that's where I, I start picking up things. The other thing, you, and I think this is part of the problem with it, they're relying a lot on story sync. Yeah, I have. If you I, do the story sync, there's always a download once a week 
that tells you a huge amount of what's going on. Like this week, there was a document all about what Cobalt was and what uh. it meant. Like a, it was like a military document with certain things crossed out. Mm-hmm. But it would say, okay, this is what you're supposed to do. This is how you deal with the humane treatment, uh, you know, or like however they termed it, what they were supposed to do to the people as they were leaving. Mm-hmm. So, so, I mean, and like part of it is I kind of saw some of this coming, maybe not exactly the same way, because I'm a huge fan of World War Z. And there is a whole section in there where they talked about the Redeker plan, which was basically the military and most important essential personnel are the, the most important thing. You actually, as a society, had to decide who would live and who would die. Yep. Yeah. Just because... to be able to maintain society again. So what they would do is hold up people in certain areas with some you know, minor military help. So... And then eventually pull the military out, leave those people there, so those people will fend for themselves, fight against zombies, so that the zombie hordes would feed on them while the military could pull away without uh, being harmed. And, you know, so they could basically pull everybody together in a central place eventually to be able to fight everything off. Yeah, and that, that's one thing. It's like, what if there is, you know, this central compound somewhere, you know, that... Mm-hmm. The comics haven't even reached, you know. This, the comics are still ongoing, so I mean, uh-huh. oh, it's like this past episode. I kind of fell off the hype tra- hype train on Fear the Walking oh, yeah. Dead, but at the same time, it's like it's I'm I'm not giving up because you know what? If anything, it made me actually way more excited for season six of The Walking Dead. You know, mm-hmm. get back to Rick and his crew, and oh, I'm I'm so excited because. I, I, I'm, it reminded me of all the storylines that I really want to, you know, continue. Mm-hmm. And it, it's not like The Walking Dead, the original, you know, six, six episode run. There were a lot of leaps there too. <laughs> so. Oh yeah. So it's not uncalled for, for us to make these leaps. It's just, I, I no. think, I think the advent of you know second screen technology. That's something that I'm always missing out on. Like I always forget, and then halfway through the show, I'm like, oh whoops i could have and then i was like ah forget it and it's like i'm missing a chunk and it's like you you can say that's it's like on one hand it's bad storytelling right because you're omitting part of the storyline which may which probably does not translate well onto the screen to begin with but two it's like sometimes they i mean there's illusions but there there's ways to you know, help the viewer make those leaps. You know? Yes, there are. And I think, I think part of it is right now, the walking dead, the, the main show has a group of writers and a show director who's been with the show for several years. They understand the characters, they understand the direction, they understand the story. So they're going to move and, you know, with the story in certain direction. They have a great storyboard already in the, in the comics. And then they can kind of, shift and make it as they want mm-hmm. but they feel really comfortable you can tell that they they had struggles at times where they didn't uh, give yeah, enough the, information there, or there they were, talk too much well, yeah there were some oh season two dragged on <laughs> and then when, when they got to the prison that kind of drag drug on mm-hmm. too a little bit but so. i think you know and that's kind of where this show is right now people can't help it it's part of the walking dead universe so people are comparing it, and unfortunately, as much as we're trying, 
to say, oh, they're two separate entities, people are kept keep saying, oh, well, it's not run like The Walking Dead. Like, I don't see enough zombies. It's not like The Walking Dead. Well, it's not. It's set in a different area of the country. It's, it's supposed to be a different story. But everyone keeps losing sight of the fact that it's a story about the people themselves and their experience. If I start telling the story about everything, like, okay, where did the zombies, you know, spread uh, disease come from? Um, exactly who's going to try to solve it, what's going on with the, the government and all the, the big things, like, then it takes a lot of the story away from the individuals. Mm -hmm. We still, like, there's a reason why even Madison said, you know what, we can't use the phones. We're not getting any news in these last nine days. It's just small little comments like that that get hidden within the rest of the show and people just sign up, blow it off because it's not a big deal made out of it. Yeah, and I, I think if even if it had two, maybe two more episodes or three, they could have expanded some of those a little bit more. So it could have been like, oh, what's going on? Like people, they're latching on to small things in the in the, the show. Like a couple of episodes back about them playing Monopoly. It was a coping mechanism. That's how they dealt with it before in the past. Mm -hmm. You know, it's it's a purpose, um, purposeful attempt to show you people were still trying to hold on to what they used to do. Yep. You know, what helped them to cope through these things. Like, I love Strand because he's like, all of a sudden, this, this, you know, breath of fresh air. Something completely different from the other characters. Like, mm -hmm. there's a whole lot of things going on with other characters that we already have that are either, you know, unsure of themselves or dealing with dysfunction or drugs or whatever it might be. We, we know what those characters are now. And then there's this guy who seems to have his shit together. Yep. Sorry, but he does. And... It's a creepy way of doing it, too. He reminds me so much of the kind of character the governor was before the governor started going crazy. Like, he is smooth. He, you understand and listen to what he's saying. He knows how to manipulate people. Exactly. And he has a purpose when he's doing all of that. Like, at the very beginning, you're sitting there, well, why is he, like, saying these things um, to the guy who's crying all the time? Well, I think he was trying to find out who he wanted to partner with to help him get out of there and i don't know who like i don't it doesn't look like they had anybody else in that pen no yeah besides just, the three of them yeah it was strand nick and uh i can't remember what his name but uh one podcast yeah. calls doug. him sad oh yeah doug yeah. sad galifianakis so exactly sad <laughs> galifianakis it is true and i think what he was doing was trying to you know, really kind of play with both of them in some ways, but first starting with Doug there, and you know, it's like his story, it kind of seems nonsensical, but the the really matter-of-fact way he approached it was he was purposely touching buttons, trying to figure mm -hmm. out, is this guy, can this guy snap back? Like, if I insult him about how he can't take care of his wife, will he fight me over it? And yeah. the guy totally couldn't. The guy totally broke down. Yeah. And he's yeah. like, well, okay. Well, they'll take him out, and they'll, that eliminates one of my problems. So, like, you could tell. It's like he, are, he was used to wanting to make transactions. He was trying to... He wants to manipulate people because that's kind of who he was. He's seeing opportunity. Like, where everybody else around him is seeing despair and, you know, anger and all that stuff that's going on. He's looking at it. He's one of those people like the governor who can say, oh, well, you know what? I can thrive in this environment if I play my cards right. Yeah. So he's taking on this character where he's bartering and he's manipulating others 
and getting things that he needs. So he had already gotten the key because he gave his watch away. We could tell that. So he was trying to figure out which of the two of them, since Doug basically eliminated himself, he's like, okay, there's this kid. What, what's up with this kid? And he recognizes this kid that, you know, Nick has um, an addiction. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And seriously bad. So he somehow found out, or at least, you know, knows that he's a heroin addict. And so rather the than... The standard. Don't sell your shirts. Self short boy. <laughs> I mean, that's creepy. That really is. That somebody would say something like that. But you look at it from his point of view. He goes, as a heroin addict, we've already seen the just the totally immoral things that um, Nick would do to get a high. Mm-hmm. He's going to translate that to anything else to get a fix for himself right now. And Sand, uh, Strand can take that to an advantage. Yep. That's why he's willing to give enough of the story. Because even if he... You know, he didn't give that story and show the uh, the key to Nick. You know, there's a reason why he's letting Nick in on some of it. Because he, I think part of his plan is he's expecting Nick to do something that is part of his character that will get Nick in trouble and get Strand an opportunity to escape. Mm-hmm. And I think he's counting on that. Like, he's counting on Nick to be strong, but not counting on Nick to be so strong to have to overpower him in any way. Right. Yep. So, yeah. I, I, I'm going to be interested in that. Yeah, I I hope that we don't end this this season with uh you know, Strand and Nick and and um um oh my goodness, I'm blanking on uh is it Olivia, the mother of Chris? Oh, Eliza? Eliza, yes. Yeah. And the doctor, although I think the doctor is not going to be long for the world as well. Uh, I don't think so either. But uh I, I'm well. She probably got pulled out. I would imagine. With the well, military. they haven't yet. Yeah. Like Eliza's supposed to go with her, but once she gives Eliza the choice and realize, and Eliza realizes she's not going back to Chris, then I think Eliza's gonna, you know, bug out as quick as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, I think right now Eliza's just doing this because she's hoping to be able to get Chris back, or this is a temporary situation. She can go back to visit, you know, go back and get her son. Mm-hmm. She's still holding on to that. I think like, she's starting to realize that that may not be the case as a result of just conversations and constantly being put off by the doctor mm-hmm. and then having to do what she did with um, Griselda at the end. Which, yeah, poor Griselda. I know, I feel bad. It, but we kind of almost felt like as soon as that thing fell on her, we knew it was her days were numbered. Yeah, yeah. It was like, I, I wasn't expecting her to end up, you know, in a makeshift hospital at any point i figured that she was going to die on the bed (laughs) in the house and you know turn on them but that was before the military rolled in so right but uh, so i mean i'm not like i'm not to me if you compare this to the walking dead to me the walking dead so much better right now but that's just because of it's five years difference here Mm -hmm. and show I hope that by the time this gets to five years, we're talking about this the same way we were talking about The Walking Dead. But I, it's going to be a while. Yeah, I, well, well, I don't know if it if the show will have the legs for that. But if it does, mm-hmm. I feel like they'll they'll definitely have to do something completely different than what they've done with The Walking Dead. And if if they show like if they end season six with you know firebombs falling on downtown L.A. I'll be like, mm-hmm. all's forgiven. All right. Because, you know, 
NorCal, NorCal is so much better than SoCal. So, oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not ready to jump off the the hype train. I'm not, you know, like to me, it's like I'm excited to see more of this kind of world. Um, Strand, I, do I think they could Strand do pulled me back yeah. in, so I was like, "Yes, I want to see this guy. I want to see what he's gonna do." Uh, like, because he's got the makings of a potential villain, you know, in the future. Oh yeah. So it's like, I've, I, he pulled me back in. Whereas with Daniel, like I, I knew that there was something about him and, but I wasn't expecting him to, you know, turn it, turn to torture. So I was like, no, why, why my favorite character? Why did you do this to him? <laughs> it's like, well, the writers already knew where, where the arc was going. So you know, <laughs> you know, and look, I'm, I'm. Do I would I want to torture people? No. Do I want be tortured? No. But in his situation, coming from his background, I can understand why he went there. Yeah, and I mean, the world—it's like having the a world cat has gone into the corner. The They're world has gone to hell. So I mean, it. Yeah. You kind of have to do what you have to do to survive. I mean that. I mean, Rick has proven this. You know, he like we've mentioned previously you know rick used to hold on to those morals you know but he's not quite there anymore you know he he's kind of gone to the point of well you know anything to live another day to protect my quote-unquote family you know that's that's all that matters anymore so Mm -hmm. so yeah while while it was like oh god torture but at the same time it's like you know daniel knows what he has to do (laughs) so Mm -hmm. although it's kind of sick but yeah it is and i'm um, like i'm hoping in the end like yeah we're gonna have these six episodes you know to me as it is is it as impactful as the first six episodes of the original walking dead no that was completely groundbreaking on cable television and it was phenomenal i mean the cast is just great this, even the story writing as you know could have been better but it was still really good i still think this is good i just think that they suffer from inconsistencies in the story yeah and let's be honest nothing will top that episode in the original season one where they cover themselves in zombie guts and start walking through the mob (laughs) right like that was awesome that then it starts raining at the right time yeah that (laughs) scene was amazing Mm -hmm. yeah and i remember doing something very similar in the telltale game in the original walking dead series yep yeah Oh, yeah. so you yeah, know, I mean, I, I'm still on board. It's just, you know, I'm not, it's like, I, I'm a little more like, not apprehensive, but it's more like a, well, we'll, we'll see where the sixth episode takes us and see how they end the series. And I, I know that they're going to leave ties, you know, because they've, mm-hmm. they're already going, they've already greenlit the second season. So we know we're going to get a second season. So exactly. And that will probably be a full 12 episode story. Well, maybe two mini arcs of, you know, mm-hmm as they've been doing i'm sure we're gonna get the same kind of um deal here go six episodes and then oh hey we have to wait until february for the last half of season six yeah so i'm just i'm hoping to at least see a bit more of what's going on and and see how the story develops i mean over time it's going to get better and better because i've gone back and watched the original walking dead and it actually now that i know what's going like we all know what's going on at this point but you go back and you see the progression of the characters and what their situations and what they're going through. 
that's what this is fear of walking dead right now we just don't know enough about everything going on with them and their situation and what they're going to face other than the, the small snippets of what we've seen and i think part of it is currently right now they're trying too hard to tell too many different stories yeah because like, there are a lot of main uh, main characters yeah like, just, like they're you not said, connecting them very well it, it's like the whole macro versus micro like you said mm -hmm. we, we have this expectation because the military is involved that we want this more macro view of what's going on yet where the walking dead really really works is on the micro level with the individuals exactly like i mean even that way in the original walking dead you're only seeing stories based from certain people's position of what they're doing like when they go out on a run or what's happening to that person you're not all of a sudden seeing oh you know hey daryl went out on the run for a recruit and then now we see everything that's going on in northeast virginia uh, no that's not what's going on you see what from daryl's point of view same mm -hmm. thing's happening right now this story is strictly from the point of view of the people involved you know and give it uh, to me i'm still willing to give it time because i don't think the story's done no anywhere near it yeah yeah so wow folks i we we really did like i said we did really go into the fear of the walking dead and oh, yeah. uh Maybe, I'm not sorry about it. No, not sorry <laughs> at all. But maybe we should have given, you know, like a spoiler warning because more so than any other time that we've talked about it, we've really got into the nitty gritty of the fifth episode. But oh, I, yeah. I think it was necessary in order for us to explore our feelings on the fifth episode and, and come out yeah. feeling better about it. You know? Of course. Yeah. Good, good. I'm glad I helped with that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I've... Uh, just I, I listened to this really salty podcast earlier and I was like, man, what the hell? No, but then I was like, but still, I'm on board. It's just I'm not quite I, as I did the same thing. I was listening to one this morning and I was yelling at them on the podcast, but I'm like, how can you be so narrow minded and forgetting exactly what the story's all about? Because they're like, well, you know, I, I'm just really uncomfortable with what Daniel was doing. I'm like, yeah, we all are uncomfortable. We're supposed to be. Weren't we supposed to be uncomfortable when the girl was shot? Mm -hmm. And that episode there, weren't we supposed to be uncomfortable when Lori had, uh, Carl had to open Lori up to get the baby out? I mean, yes, that's what Walking Dead does. It pushes the boundary of things. And, you know, you'd be like, well, I can't believe somebody would do that. You know what? People would do that now if yeah. they had thought they could do that. You know, I mean, the only thing that stops people from doing that is a functioning civilized society. And when a functioning civilized society breaks down, and it breaks down quickly, people start to um, change the way they view things yeah. and the way they do things. And it was like, it was a whole talk about, I remember the, the other thing that got me going was like, why wouldn't the military help sit, you know, these people teach them how to fight the zombies and all that. They're not there to do that. They didn't care what these people did as long as the, these people stayed out of the way of the military. Yep. That's all they cared about. If, so if, they weren't going to teach these people how to fight. Why would they teach these people how to fight and give them guns when the possibility is these people would turn those guns back on them. Right. They yeah. already had people doing that. They don't want that to happen. Yeah. What, what they do want, or at least what would happen, is when things do disintegrate and things fall apart and, you know, military personnel probably get left behind or whatever, you know, they'll be just like everybody else. And if they find a survivor group, then, of course, at that point, they'll probably be like, well, my best option is probably to teach these people some basic survival skills. That way... Mm -hmm. I'm not having to do everything. <laughs> right. So. But, I mean, still, that that wasn't... 
if they had real control of the situation in the area and their objective was to save as many people as possible then they would have done that that we found out i think a big important thing that really not discussed is about that coliseum the arena that they're sitting in it looks like staples arena <laughs> or whatever where the uh, lakers play but it's because that's kind of like typical protocol of the national guard in uh, disaster situations remember down for hurricane katrina they brought mm-hmm. everybody into Round their, everybody the, uh, up into yeah into a large facility that can facilitate yeah, the football stadium people. i forget what it's called which one it is but down there with the uh, saints play and mm-hmm. you know that's basically protocol dome. to do that exactly and so you know that's no different what they were doing there they were trying to gather as many survivors as possible dead but then they didn't have good screening process uh, as a result and so people were getting in there who were bit or dying or whatever it might be and then it's, it just spiraled because it was like having a bunch of ants caught in the middle of you know some like little container and then you set it on fire there's nowhere for them to go they're all yeah. gonna die and so that you know reminds that was me like of that. really big because it proved that they as much as they thought they had things under control they had no control over what's going on right now yeah, it reminds me of that scene in 28 Weeks Later where they take they take the civilians and they essentially lock them in a, essentially what I think is a garage. Yep. <laughs> and one, and then uh, uh, the boy's father, you know, who, for whatever reason, has higher thinking, you know, facilities and is able to actually use his badge to open doors and stuff like that. You know, mm-hmm. he gets in there and then it just, you know, containment breaks loose. And th- that was kind of like they they were expecting that to happen anyways. So, mm-hmm. But at the same time, it was like at one point they gave the order, you know, does it doesn't matter. You know, just start shooting. <laughs> Take people down with headshots. It doesn't matter if they're infected or not, because we need to yep. we need containment on this. Yep. So. And, and that's what's happening with this. And I think like the whole idea behind Cobalt was. They wanted to see if they could control the situation with small military engagement. So they set up bases, forward bases all around. That's why they had the 12 areas. They weren't there. The 12 areas weren't there to protect people. The 12 areas were there to set up um, a safe zone for the military to rest in between operations. Mm-hmm. And as they are finding out that they can no longer contain this, they can't fight it enough, that's what Cobalt did. Pull out so that they can do something, whatever they're going to do. It yeah. could be they, they they nuke the place. They individually shoot people down. Oh my goodness! A nuke would out. be great, but that that Who would knows? that would not be great for all of our, you know, everybody. Oh no, no! I don't think it's going to end up being a nuke. I think it's going to be. I mean, I think it's going to be like, you know, if they even have still, well, they probably still at this point do, but you know, military bombs to just drop, you know, na- napalm, whatever it might. Yeah, be. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that they have fire bombs. That I mean. Yeah. Well, I'm just wondering if they still have enough pilots to be able to do that or not. That's but I think at this point they might yeah. still. Well, I mean, I mean what uh, yeah. Air Force Base, they, they do have a big Air Force Base out in the desert. so. Right, and, that, and that's one of the things Doctor talked about was getting airlifted um, out of there. I mean, that was one of her calls. So it's like, so we know that there is a plan to get them out, Yeah. at least the military version. Oh, man, so. wouldn't that suck? To, then all of a sudden, you know, the, the best safe zone is in the middle of a desert. <laughs> Exactly. With hey, no they electricity. Get to go to the desert to keep talking about. <laughs> yeah, let's go to the desert. That sounds like a great idea. 
Yeah. But wait, we got to stop by, you know, we got to stop by the local CVS and stock up on some sunscreen and all the bottled water. Oh, wait, <laughs> that's already been raided. <laughs> well, no, I don't think anybody took sunscreen. They weren't thinking about that one. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> so, no, I mean, and so besides that, I've just, uh, it's been funny because besides The Walking Dead, we've been, uh, as a family, watching Glee. I've never watched it. And so it's like we've, we've watched the whole first season. I just think it's funny. It's like, because, I don't know, have you seen Pitch Perfect? No, no. I don't care it's to funny. either. It's funny. It's I'm, funny. I'm not really a fan of musicals. So. Oh, okay. See, that's, yeah, my our house is definitely fans of musicals. So, you know, it, it's been fun because it's like, you know, I never actually watched the show when it went through. I kind of understand why, just in the direction that it goes sometimes. And five or six years ago, I would not have wanted my, you know, 13 at that time seven-year-old to be watching this <laughs> yeah but now hey he's old enough he's in high school it's, it's not that big of a deal it's not like issues that he couldn't see happening mm-hmm. so you know at least you know things we can talk about but well i know, mean it's, just access to the internet <laughs> yeah exactly so we can do you know see things anytime we want but i mean it's just it's fun like i enjoy that it's like i enjoyed seeing them sing songs that like i hadn't seen since the, the 80s and stuff like that that were popular then yeah. So it was, it was fun. It's like, it's fun. It's enjoyable. We're having a good time with it. Uh, we're into the second season. I can't wait to see the uh, Rocky Horror Show one. <laughs> That's going to be oh, hilarious. Oh, my goodness. Don't, oh, no. I don't yeah. even. Oh, I got, yeah. I got yeah. drug. I, I was I, I was probably unknowingly taken to a Rocky Horror picture show. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, God. That was one of the weirdest experiences I've ever had in my life. And... <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's quite a trip. I mean, I've never been, but I've seen like stories of them and pictures of have mm-hmm. uh, people going to the show, and I'm like, they're Ooh. really into it, really, really into it. <laughs> Absolutely, they are. <laughs> and I, you know what? I don't want to take that away from them because everybody should be able to enjoy what they enjoy. So exactly, at, as long as it's you know, at least socially moral. And there, I mean, there's nothing completely immoral about Rocky Horror Picture Show. It's just not my cup of tea. So I don't mm-hmm. fault anyone for liking it. It's just not something that I enjoy. <laughs> yeah. So other than that, I mean, we're just um, very busy with doing other things. So it's not like I've had a huge amount of free time. Yeah. I mean, we are we are trying to lose some weight, so that's good. Like we've done a, a thing. We joined like a healthy wage wage team or whatever. You were down and, what five pounds last week? Yep. I'm now down ten total. Oh wow! Nice, good job. Yeah, because that's not just water weight. You know? Oh no, it's not anymore. It's yeah. Like, and then we figured out what's going on. It's because like we have the Fitbit app, so you know we're pu- putting in all the food. So what we're doing is like I bas- we've basically been following a diet of a friend who's on our team, and she's actually been training to be like in a Miss Fitness contest. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah, and, and she she's fit. She's doing great. She she's gonna do well. And, but she's part of a team of, of women doing that. Mm-hmm. So she showed, showed me what it was. And I was like, oh, okay, it's a pretty simple diet. It's got plenty of calories. It, it's, most of it is, is uh, between proteins and eating greens and um, either high metabolism burning type foods. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's like, you know, I mean, we're not hungry. We can't even eat all six meals out of it. Yeah. That, it's just like we're, we're full. That, that's like the one thing, like all of uh, personal trainers that I've known. Is like mm-hmm. you know they they eat a lot of calories, but they also oh, yeah. burn a lot of calories with what they do. Right, and, and right now I'm like around 1,600 calories I'm taking in, which is not huge, 
but compared to what I used to probably, like we figured out, I must have probably used to eat like 4,000 calories a day. You and know, it would be just, the wrong kind of calories too. Ex- exactly. And so these are all the right calories. It's like plenty. I mean, like I can't eat much more for, for peppers and green, you know, um, what do you call it? Cucumbers and things like that. I mean, we eat a lot. We do uh, in every sitting. And um, so that's like 1,600. But I'm burning like yesterday. I burned over like 3,800 calories in the day. Wow. Yeah. And it's like no wonder why I'm dropping the weight. I'm like literally losing a half a pound a day just by mm-hmm. eating well and just doing normal exercise. Like yesterday, it was not quite normal. I actually went for like a three-mile run. But most of the time, I'm burning like twenty eight to 3,000 calories in a day and that's because i'm just going for a walk you know maybe two or three mile walk something like that not not mm-hmm. something heavy so it's like okay now i'm at the point where if i want to burn a little bit more i gotta do more obviously right but yeah I f- i'm feeling good about it like i haven't been this weight in uh, probably three four years now so yeah. i'm like yeah well then the next step will be to add weights and weight training and- exactly start building muscles and you burn more fat off of that too yeah but speaking of Fitbit, um, I, that actually went when you mentioned, uh, you know, watching Glee, and I was like, wait, I, I know I've, I watched something else other than my Niners getting absolutely destroyed by the Cardinals. Holy crap. My yeah, original. I'm sorry. Oh. It doesn't get any better. You guys are playing Green Bay this week. I know. I know. It's, um, I, I remember a couple months back. I was at uh, Save Mart, and there there was a bunch of Raider fans, and and you know what they um, and a 49er fan, and they're like like the cashier and, and some of the customers, and and they were, they had a healthy banter going back and forth, and I was like, well, you know, I'm a Niners fan, but I don't expect them to do any better than seven nine, and it's like I don't know you, I don't even think it's going to be that good <laughs> with the mm. way that things are going, <laughs> things are not looking very good, but. Uh, nope. Oh, and at this point, Lantonio's putting this new thing on right now, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. But anyway. Yeah, I, I was like, I know I've watched something else. And I remembered, I was like, The Amazing Race. I love The Amazing Race because uh-huh. it's one of those, you know, I mean, obviously they, they they take liberties with making sure that they edit in such ways that, you know, they, they have, you know, they have these storylines that they want to, and they, they manipulate, you know, it's like, oh, who's going to get to the finish line first, you know, and they make it seem like really close because they're doing cuts back and forth. And when in reality, it's not really that close, but you know, that's besides the point. It's a fun show to watch because you see genuine reactions. I mean, this is like, this is more real than Survivor, for sure, because, I mean, you're, oh, you're putting people in a pressure cooker, essentially. You know, you're you're putting them in a race, going to countries that they probably don't understand the language, they've never been, you know, doing things that are culturally completely different than what they're used to, and and just the dynamic of all the different teams. And this this season... Oh my goodness, there's a number of teams that I really did not like. And I was really happy to see that the team from TMZ was the first team to get eliminated this season in the Amazing Race. Oh, Sorry, really? spoilers. You know, if you haven't watched it from last week. But uh yeah, I was I was like, TMZ, really? They have two and then there's like uh there's a couple and they are um oh crap. They are um the paparazzi. They're they're they you know, they fall they they follow celebrities around and take pictures of them and try to sell them. I was like, oh come on, paparazzi. But you know, there, then there's 
some other cool cool teams in here and it's like I don't have a favorite just yet so unlike previous seasons like usually there's one team that I latch on to and they never win they never ever win because you know <laughs> but that's okay it's it's a fun show I really look forward to the amazing race and if you don't watch it watch it it is so much fun oh I would never want to do it though because I know I would not handle the stress well travel is very stressful very very stressful and when when you're putting yourself under you know time constraints like oh my goodness we've got to get here and get there and you know oh and then you know like you you get into a taxi oh they don't have gas they need gas or oh hey the taxi breaks down (laughs) whoops oh so much fun but uh yeah that's oh yeah that's what i've that's the only other thing that i watched i did not watch any movies or anything else so i guess uh i better close out the show that, sure. that way Kurova can, you know, be like, oh, finally. Finally. <laughs> finally, they stopped talking about that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so you have been listening to episode 99. Oh, wow. Next next time I read this, it's going to be 100. Uh, yeah, episode 99 of the Shattered Soulstone, your Diablo community podcast. If you missed an episode, you can find the show blog and listen to the show archives over at ShatteredSoulstone.com. If you want to join us in-game, join our in-game community, aptly named Shattered Soulstone. Feel free to post up short misses on the community board and join the chat channel to talk with other folks from the community in-game. This show is powered by you, the listeners, so send in your contributions, thoughts, questions, and feedback, which I'm expecting lots of for next episode, to show at ShatteredSoulstone.com. We love Twitter. Come join and tweet with us. You can find the show Twitter at Shatteredstone. I'm at Nevik James. Jen is at Queen of Haiku. Brazia is at the underscore Brazia. And our fourth musketeer, who's probably finally not in Chicago anymore, is at Lantonio. And we would like to extend a huge thank you to Medros of Dawnforge Productions for hosting our Loop Deviant show. You can find more shows from the Dawnforge over at thedawnforge.com. Thank you for listening. Until next time, from all of us here at the Shattered Soulstone, I'm going to be sitting on a chair. Or maybe I should have the knife. That might have actually been the better better choice. Oh, I don't know. Are you going to have the chair and sit on the knife? Ow. Yeah. <laughs> My thoughts exactly. This podcast is copyright 2015 Dawn Forge Productions. Thank you for listening. Check us out at thedawnforge.com.